The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. It's a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app on the Michigan Sports Network. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use that promo code HUGE to get the hookups. And you can get in on opening day in Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, soccer, the Final Four down in Houston, and more. Just use code HUGE when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's a Moneyline Monday. Presented by DraftKings on the HUGE Show across Michigan. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the HUGE Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the HUGE Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It is time to begin another journey together on the only syndicated statewide afternoon sports radio show. We're heard on 19 stations. For the one close to you, go to thehugeshow.net. You can also listen on the iHeart app anywhere in America where you get mobile service. Just search The Huge Show. And our free online stream is there weekdays at 3 at thehugeshow.net. Inside this hour, we'll hear from Clayton Safey and Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com on Michigan Hockey. Back to the Frozen Four in Tampa. What about spring football at Michigan? Their spring slash scrimmage slash game is happening on Saturday and injuries are starting to pile up, not for starters, but for some of the depth guys. So we'll hear from Ballas and Safey. Jim Comperoni on the Spartan Nation playing the what-if game. What if we would have beat K-State? Would they be in Houston or on their way thinking about a national championship or at least getting to the title game against UConn? Comperoni will join us. And then Jeff Risden from Lions Wire and Draft Wire that you can follow online on Facebook, on Twitter. We'll break down the Lions offseason and talk about Lamar Jackson. Reports have him officially requesting a trade. Could he end up as a Lion? Rizzy will be in the hizzy on this Moneyline Monday presented by DraftKings. Man, uh, what a comeback. Late third period with a goal to tie it and OT that quickly end it. And Michigan, the one seed uh, in Penn State territory, basically a home game for the Nittany Lions in Hockey Valley. They go home, and Michigan moves on to the Frozen Four in Tampa. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com joins us. And I know we talk a lot about Michigan football, and you go through uh, the great basketball seasons they've had. But the greatest program with consistency of getting to Final Fours and being on the national championship stage would be Michigan hockey if you look inside the numbers. Oh, there's no question about it. Yeah, 27 Frozen Four appearances now. That's the most all-time, and uh, with a chance to win the national championship. And Brandon Naredo, Michigan's interim head coach, is doing a fantastic job with this team. He's just the second-ever Michigan head coach to take a team to the Frozen Four in his first season joining his predecessor, Mel Pearson, in 2018. So they're keeping this thing rolling here. 
they got all sorts of talent. It's a young team, like last year when they lost in the Frozen Four, but uh, it, you know, it has the makings of a team that could win the championship this weekend. If you look at Minnesota, the top overall seed, Michigan just beat them uh, about a week and a half ago for the Big Ten tournament final in Minneapolis. So there's a real chance here. Uh, last weekend was kind of a tale of two games. They played Colgate, score 11 goals. And, uh, you know, not overly surprising because it's the nation's top offense uh, that Michigan has. But that's the most goals uh, in an NCAA tournament game since 1961. Then it's a real struggle against Penn State, as you said. I mean, tons of Penn State fans there in Allentown. And, uh, you know, they were kind of carrying the play for quite a while, but couldn't get the scores uh, on the board. And then Adam Fantilli uh, ties one up. Mackie Samuskevich in overtime just 52 seconds in. Just amazing. Uh, you know, you have the intermission, all the anticipation, and then 52 seconds later, they're celebrating and going to the Frozen Four. So uh, this program, you know, has been here a bunch of times, uh, and they've really kind of raised their level lately, going to two straight now and uh, three out of the last, what, four or five. So it's pretty fantastic to watch. And you're right. I mean, and I was looking at this, too. Michigan is the only team in the last 10 years only school to have multiple college football playoff appearances, multiple final four appearances and multiple frozen four appearances. Um, so you're kind of seeing that, uh, that big three right there play out. And how about Michigan's toughness winning the big 10 championship, like you mentioned on the road in Minneapolis against the Gophers. And then, you know, being the overall number one seed, but the NCAA uh, doing everything they can to screw teams. Uh, they have to go to Allentown and basically a home uh, series or regional uh, for Penn State, and they take care of business there. I am wondering, maybe Ward Manuel, the Michigan Athletic Director, has to drop the contract offer firm of Snail and Turtle and start getting offers and deals done with coaches a little bit quicker. Yeah, I mean, there are, you, you see it already. There are some former players that have come out on Twitter and said, hey, what, what are we waiting for here? Let's get this guy or take the interim tag off and get him a real contract and become the full-time head coach. I would expect that to happen probably after the season. You know, maybe you don't want to mess up a good thing. Maybe you want to give him an extra, you know, some extra juice heading into the frozen four. If you do take it off, uh, that would be a thought. But, uh, you know, you would think probably after the season. I know it's kind of the same situation as Texas basketball with Rodney Terry. Everybody's saying take it off, take it off. And maybe they would have before the final four if they would have won yesterday. But, uh, kind of a similar situation there. But I think he's going to be the guy going forward. The players love him. Uh, they were being asked about that last week, and they were all saying that he deserves it. Uh, he was talking about how he wouldn't want to coach anywhere else, so he wants to be here long term. And he's a young guy, but he's also, you know, feels like the right fit and the right guy to keep this train rolling. You know, one thing about Ward Manuel, he'll offer a deal to Mel Pearson in the middle of an investigation, but he won't take care of the new guy. Or Harbaugh can go beat Ohio State back to back years. And off to another Final Four, but President Ono had to jump in. So maybe it's time for Santa, a little Christmas uh, in March, for Santa Ono to step in. I'll, I'll say this. If Santa Ono has to step in on getting a deal done with the interim Michigan hockey coach, Narado, then uh, it's, it's the end of the, officially the end of the Ward Manual era as AD. Yeah, maybe <laughs> should we start following uh, Santa or turning on notifications for Santa's tweets about this one? I, I think um, you're right. I mean, things do move slow around here, definitely with a lot of the coaching stuff, um, you know, and it's frustrating for a lot of Michigan fans. I know 
it's not just former players and current players saying he deserves it. I mean, there are all sorts of fans coming out that follow Michigan hockey and say that, you know, he should be the full-time guy. So I, I would expect it to happen probably, uh, you know, in Michigan fashion, maybe a little bit slower than people would like, which is already kind of happening, but at some point in the offseason. And we got to remember, too, Ward Manuel was involved when he worked here initially when he first got into athletic administration as the administrator for the hockey program. So he's really uh, tied close in here with the hockey program. So I think he'll do the right thing. Um, but yeah, probably given uh, Michigan's history here under Ward Manual, a little bit slower than people would like. And uh, I guess that's fine if they get the right guy in the end, but uh, you definitely want to keep guys happy. You definitely want to have those relationships with the coaches and make sure that they're taken care of. To me, uh, I look at it and, with no rhyme or reason with the Harbaugh situation and no rhyme or reason with Michigan hockey, I think if it's not Ward's guy and if it's not something that he can fly his flag on, uh, he'll he'll slow play it. Uh, he'll create this angst, which is unnecessary. I just think it's poor leadership, poor management inside uh, the University of Michigan Athletic Department. So uh, let's move on from Michigan hockey. I'm looking forward to the Frozen Four down in Tampa. They'll take on Quinnipiac. I'm saying that right. It's a small school that really is only D1 in hockey. Well, I think they're D1. Are they D1 in basketball, too? I think they are. I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think they are. They're one of the, like, Patriot, Colonial, I don't know, conference that you might yeah, see yeah. them pop up on, you know, championship week or something. So Michigan should win that. It should be Michigan, Minnesota. Oh, Boston University is pretty tough, so we'll see. What happens, but they're in the Frozen Four. Uh, I read the Wolverine.com story, and Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com joining us here in the huge show across Michigan. Uh, the sight sounds, uh, spring football, uh, some of you guys getting a chance to see what Michigan has. What was the first visual that the Wolverine.com team is getting from Michigan spring football off that loss to TCU? Yeah, well, unfortunately, we're not allowed in. But, uh, you know, they allowed us a glimpse in with some photos and things like that, so we rounded that up for an article, but also got some intel on what practice uh, has been like. And, uh, you know, this is a pretty loaded team. They're a little bit injured this spring, so I think next Saturday or this Saturday's spring game will be a little bit less exciting without Blake Corum, without Donovan Edwards, a couple guys on the offensive line that they'll hold out, and really anyone – that has any sort of concern. Uh, they've been pretty cautious in the past with not playing them in a, in a game like that, just because it doesn't have a whole lot of meaning. It's fun for the fans, but you know, you don't want to get anyone banged up in that sort of setting. So they're going to do that and then finish off with one more practice on Monday to kind of round things out after the spring game. But uh, the thing that stands out the most to me is the different combinations and the different options that Michigan has on the offensive line right now. You see uh, Raheem Anderson, snapping at the center spot, Greg Crippen snapping at the center spot. But they also have a guy, Drake Nugent, who they brought in from Stanford, who uh, talking to you know people that uh, covered Stanford last year, they feel like he could be a Remington Award finalist type of guy this year. He's been limited in spring practice, but there's just so many young guys that have waited their turn that are also going to be pushing for playing time, like those two guys I mentioned throughout the offensive line. So we'll kind of see once things get healthy, or once they get healthier, you know where things kind of shake out there but plenty of good options for Michigan. Um, and then at linebacker, it looks like Junior Colson, a little bit banged up. We're told that it's not uh, super um, you know, major or anything, should be good to go by fall camp, just something that they're cleaning up. So uh, that's a positive, but linebacker is another spot that they're really deep at. So it's going to give other guys opportunities. But I'm excited to watch Michigan 
uh, a little bit of football here in the spring on Saturday and kind of see where things are at and ex- just excited to, uh, you know, see the fans back in the big house. And, uh, you know, it should be decent weather, better than last year. I think highs are in the 50s. Uh, hopefully rain and snow holds off. But it uh, should be an exciting weekend in Ann Arbor. Clayton Safey with Weather on the Nines at thewolverine.com. <laughs> Get the mobile Wolverine weather app with Clayton Safey, the Jim Cantori of the Wolverine.com team. He's joining us on the Meyer Guest Line here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Uh, the early enrollees, every year there seems to be a name or two where this guy could get playing time in the fall, just you know, came to school end of December, early January. Uh, with your intel you're getting from this year's Michigan spring football practices, are there any of those early enrollees who are making a big splash? Yeah, a couple guys at the wide receiver spot to start. Samaj Morgan, who's right out of West Bloomfield, so just down the road. Uh, has looked really good, as you would kind of expect. He's kind of a shorter guy, but uh, super quick out of his breaks and is extremely explosive once he gets the ball. Uh, high school football fans on the east side of the state know that pretty well, watching him over the last few years. But then the guy who's actually surprised, even the coaching staff that recruited him and was pretty high on him, is Frederick Moore, who was a three-star, a little bit more under-recruited guy out of Missouri. Uh, he's really impressed here in the early going and has kind of shown a little bit more than even they thought right away. So that's exciting for Michigan. Uh, Cole Cabana, kid out of um, Dexter, who people are excited about at the running back spot. He's going to be kind of a gadget type of guy where he can play uh, wide receiver, slot receiver, that sort of thing as well. Uh, he suffered an injury, so we'll see how serious that is. But that's disappointing because people wanted to watch him on Saturday. And I uh, thought, you know, he has the best chance of maybe impacting in the fall if he's healthy, but at the corner spot as well, heard good things about Jair Hill, uh, one of Michigan's top-rated signees, four-star corner, uh, that they were able to land late out of the Chicago area. And then Cameron Calhoun, who had an interception on the first day of spring practice, uh, three-star corner out of Ohio State, or out of Ohio, was actually visiting Ohio State for the Michigan-Ohio State game and committed later that day to Michigan. Uh, but he had a pick on the first day of practice and has had a, you know some good plays throughout. So those guys generating a little bit of buzz. But frankly, when you look at the young guys on this team, they're not going to get a whole lot of opportunity uh, just because there's so much coming back. Michigan ranks fifth in the country in ESPN's returning production metric. And uh, we know all sorts of names that are, you know, that are coming back on this Michigan team. So that's going to allow those guys to learn behind some real veterans, keep that culture going, and when it's their time, you know, they're going to know what to do and how to lead and, you know, potentially how to win championships. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com checking in on the Meyer guest line. Clayton, uh, before I let you go, J.J. Uh, McCarthy, uh, if he would suffer an injury, who's the next man up at QB for Michigan, not only this spring, but by the time we get to the fall? It's a great question. Uh, two real options there between Jack Tuttle, who they brought in from Indiana, who's entering his sixth year, and we actually got to talk to him last week at a press conference. Super mature dude. I think he's a a huge ad for the quarterback room in terms of leadership. He was a team captain at Indiana, so uh, he's really, he came out on fire, Jim Harbaugh said, the first week of spring camp, and everything we've heard since then is that he's kind of taking hold, for now, of that number two quarterback job. And then Davis Warren, who they put on scholarship this offseason, was a walk-on previously. Uh, he was the star of the spring game last year, if you remember, throwing a, all around the yard and really impressing people. Uh, he also playing well, but uh, it's going to be between those two guys. And 
uh, see what they're able to do. But we've also heard great things about what J.J. McCarthy's done. Looks a little bit different. Added about 10, 15 pounds. And uh, for people like you that want to see him run the ball more, I think that could help. You know, oh, Hold on. People, I'm there. the only guy yeah. that wants to see J.J. run more, Clayton. Thanks for I the shot. I like you. <laughs> no, not at all. I'd love to see it as well. I'm saying people like you. I know you've been vocal about that, um, and rightfully so. So I think that that's going to help him. And his teammates say that he's doing JJ's, uh, JJ's doing JJ things. Uh, a couple guys compared him to Patrick Mahomes. I'd maybe pump the brakes there, but hey, I mean, uh, from a college standpoint, he's got you know some of the skill set to get out and move and and throw on the run, those sort of things. So we'll we'll see how much run he gets on Saturday, but. I'd expect uh, him to maybe you know make a few big plays. And uh, Michigan working on bubble screens on the goal line, and also uh, uh, handing off to seldom use running backs in big games at the goal line. Uh, not sure, <laughs> Clayton. I love you, man. Good stuff. Great conversation. Michigan hockey in the Frozen Four, spring football. Michigan has their annual spring game uh, coming up on Saturday at the Big House. All the details and more on everything University of Michigan Athletics at thewolverine.com. Clayton Safey, pride and joy of the Safey family in Grand Rapids. They listen on our flagship station, 96-1, the game every day. The family gets together for some bubble pizza, and they listen. And when Clayton's going to be on, they invite neighbors. They do a block party. It's really cool. A little bit chilly today, but they'll be okay. We love you, Clayton. Love you, too. Thanks for having me, as always. Yeah, Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com. He doesn't know when I'm serious or when I'm just jacking with him. Yeah, he has no clue. So, Safey, check it in on the Meyer guest sign. And Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with University of Michigan Athletics. And you can gear up for Michigan with quality license, official team gear, a huge selection. Always had that great Meyer price inside the team gear department at your local Meyer. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. Bigger than any box score, local sports are a victory for the entire community. Building up leaders, breaking down barriers, connecting generations, teaching integrity, blazing a trail, sparking our economy. That's why Meyer sponsors hundreds of local sports teams throughout the Midwest. From Little League to the Big Leagues, uniforms to stadiums, Meyer knows when we support the home team, we all win. Bill Simonson here for Roast Umber Coffee. It's a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And their nitro cold brew coffee is a convenient and healthy option with no sugar or additives. So if you want a great coffee or energy drink to power you through your morning and your day, it's available in ground or whole bean or in cans. More information on the website and direct delivery to your door at roastumber.com. The one-two. Right side to Hey, sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. 
Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Let's go check in with Jim Comperoni, SpartanMag.com, the MSU insider, now part of the On3.com team, and we'll talk about the end of Michigan State's basketball season, and I know I've had a ton of of Spartan fans come at me in person on my social networks on all my messaging saying, you know what, if we just would have beaten K-State, we would have a shot at winning it all in Houston. And I know Izzo talked about it last Friday on the show. And comp, when you look at how the Elite Eight shook out and who's going to Houston, you're a State fan, it's going to be hard not to put down the what-if game. I agree. I agree. And, you know, former Michigan State legendary hockey coach Ron Mason used to say that sometimes it's not your best team that wins it all. Sometimes your best team gets knocked out, and then some year you might not be as good, but the the dominoes fall correctly, and that's the one that wins it all. You know, you look back at Michigan State, went to the Final Four and lost to Butler back in 2010. Pretty good Michigan State team. King Lucas the previous year was Big Ten Player of the Year. He becomes injured. They lose to Butler by a point or two. Butler goes and loses to Duke in the national title game by a point or two. Krzyzewski would say that was definitely the weakest team he ever had that won a national title. But the chips fell positively for Duke on that year. Was not his best team. Of course, he won several others, but that one came through for him. And I have to believe in the back of Izzo's mind, if not the front of Izzo's mind, he's watching Florida Atlantic move on, and he's got to think that could have been Michigan State. And the instructions ahead of Michigan State possibly to sneak through there, um, it was doable. Now Michigan State was never good enough this year to beat UConn the way Connecticut has played here in the last couple of games. But that does not mean that UConn is going to be good or that good next week. You got to put weekends together. You got to string them together. And if Michigan State had been good enough to close off Kansas State, and if they had been good enough to beat Florida Atlantic, that would have meant they were continuing to improve, and it would have been possible. And yeah, I I think there's going to be some regrets when people look back on that one. And one thing I will say, and you watched it, uh, especially in the Elite Eight, even with K-State, that these legs are hitting the wall. You know, these teams have been through a long season. Then you throw in conference tournaments, depending on how far the teams advanced, and now you throw in flipping two weeks into the NCAA tournament, and you could see some teams laboring through. And that's why I look at UConn, and their depth paid off. You look at Miami, their depth paid off against Texas. Uh, you look at San Diego State, played a lot of minutes on that bench, and Creighton looked like they were going to pull away, and they could not pull away. And by the way, anybody debating whether that was a foul at the end, you saw the Creighton player push with the open arm or hand, it was a foul. I'm sorry, I know you wanted the dream. Let's go to overtime, and everybody's worried about their brackets because I really enjoyed the Elite Eight when I didn't have one team remaining, comp. 
I hear you. That's why I, I, you know what? I don't fill out a bracket because if I fill out a bracket, it just it just confuses and leaves me with conflicting thoughts about you know which coach or which team I'd kind of like to see move on. And yeah, I've got some biases here and there. And uh, but I enjoy the tournament better without that if I'm able to watch most of the games. But when I'm covering the tournament, it's hard to watch all the games closely. But it's been an, the tournament's just been bananas and it's been fun. But you know the random nature of college basketball. It's becoming more and more random. It's been that way the last couple of years because, you know, the good teams rely on the three-pointers so much, but that thing can just can just go away from you at times. Like Alabama, they look like the best team in the country the first two rounds. Then you go out and you have a three-for-27 night, and uh, you get bounced. One game, you get 40 minutes to prove you're the better team. It's a random sport anyway. It makes it entertaining, but it's going to be interesting moving forward in future years if we're going to see – I wonder if we're going to see Blue Bloods be less blue in the future. I don't know. I'm worried that TV wants expansion because then you get more markets, yeah. you get more eyes yeah. on the TV. I really, I yeah. think with the amount of money that's out there, comp, I know I want to be the purist. Uh, it comes to baseball, it comes to changing things, but I'm telling you, uh, when you look at the PGA Tour, they ended the World uh, Golf Championship and match play won't be part of the PGA Tour uh, regular season, if I can use that phrase, moving forward, because they want as many big-name players on the TV screen as possible uh, for TV numbers. And there you go, and this is what's going to happen. The NCAA will expand because then more teams, our coaches, hey, look, man, we made the tournament. CBS expands it, you know, their family networks, TBS, TNT, and I think it's going to dilute it, and I do believe it's going to take away what we witnessed this year. Every year when you say, hey, this looks like a predictable bracket, all of a sudden you look up in the Final Four and hello Florida Atlantic, hello San Diego State, and hello Miami. I agree 100%. This year's been very entertaining, and they need to leave it just the way it is. But the NCAA is going to expand it for one reason and one money, reason only. Money. Money. Yeah. yeah. So right now, you, there's, what, 68 teams that make it? That's 67 games. That's great. Uh, if they expand it to, you know, 128 teams, then they've got 127 games. They'll make more money just based on inventory. And it'll hurt the, a lot of the mystery and magic of the product. And I agree that would be a shame because they'd be making a financial decision. And they've got their own financial struggles. But at some point, that tournament, does it belong to the NCAA or does it belong to us? I kind of feel like it belongs to us, and they're messing with it, and I don't appreciate that as a a biased observer. A vote for Jim Camperoni is a vote to make college basketball great again. That's awesome, Comp. What a speech there with passion. Now, what they're going to do, I think, is they're going to take the play-in Tuesday and Wednesday and expand that to all regions. So right away, you're going to have, that would be eight teams in these play-ins at all these regions, right? And then they would just stick around if they win and be inserted. And if not, they go home. And they're going to now make the tournament week, that opening week, would be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You see where I'm coming from? Okay. That's my guess. I'm not saying I. They did invite me on the NCAA committee, but I told them I had a tea time in May and I couldn't make it. You should be in there. I'd like to see you go in there. No, I. You know, some common sense. Oh, the NCAA could use some common sense. I mean, they're the same people that will go after a school for 
you know, a hamburger or go after Ferris State at the D2 level because they celebrated in their locker room and they lit up two cigars. But if Georgia is drinking on the sideline or having cigars, Stetson Bennett at the podium, that's okay because the D1 schools make them money, right? Yes, yes. Oh, don't get me going. Yeah, me comp it. We could be like, you could be my VP. I could be the president. We could do like a rally in Diamonddale at the Diamonddale International Airport and see how many people we could draw out. I, I just don't want you in that room with a baseball bat like Robert De Niro in that one movie walking around the table scared everybody. I, I, love, work, it. I love it. I love it. All right, so uh, Izzo has some work to do. He has one of his best recruiting classes coming in. I've already... Uh, heard some of the chatter that Michigan State will be one of the top five teams to watch next season. Uh, your thoughts on a year from now? How, how are we talking about that 2023-2024 Izzo coached Michigan State basketball team? A really interesting pool of talent that Michigan State is working with. Uh, a lot is up in the air. Does Tyson Walker come back? I'm guessing he does not. I'm hearing that the coaches are not sure about Malik Hall if he's coming back. Malik Hall was inconsistent this year. He's had an inconsistent career. But he has the potential to put it together if he's healthy and have a really good senior year like you know some of the stretch fours they've had in the past. You go back and look what A.J. Granger was as a junior compared to a senior. You know, he ramped it up considerably. There's been other players that have done that as well. Kenny Goins was pretty good as a junior, was outstanding as a senior. I think Malik Hall could make a jump if he's healthy. If he comes back, we don't know if he's coming back or not as outside observers. Um, you know, you've got A.J. Hogard coming back as a senior. You know, he's, he's uh, everybody can see he's playing with man strength right now. And his, his perimeter shot was better this year. It's going to continue to improve. you got an influx of talent coming in. Cohen Carr is going to be the best athlete in the program at about six, six and a half coming in from Georgia. Um, he's going to provide uh, a push. You know, you have to see, you know, what happens uh, with uh, Jeremy Sears coming in as a true freshman point guard. Xavier Booker, a highly ranked stretch four, really good shooting and ball handling skill. He has to get tougher, and it's going to take a while for him to uh, get seasoned. But Jaden Akins, I expect him to make a step to be an all-big ten type of player. And, you know, he's got a team that's got some, some uh, a good bit of tournament experience now. So, yeah, that's a team to watch next year for sure. Jim Combroni, SportMag.com. Comp, always appreciate the conversations. Uh, enjoy the weekend. We'll talk when we get close to the MSU spring football game. That sounds great. Thanks a lot, Bill. All right, Jim Combroni joining us from uh, Starlink One. The rocket just lifted off from Cape Canaveral, Florida. And Comp has such a good mobile plan, he was able to get to 72,000 feet and not lose service. Uh, you can follow compinspace.com and track him as the Starlink tries to connect uh, with the space station and Jim Comperoni with the first live call ever on the Huge Show while being launched into space. He texted Superfly and said, Mission Control says I gotta go, but then I looked and I had two bars. Superfly just sent me his text. I had two bars. I thought, what the heck? I'm going to give it a shot. Jim Comperoni from SpartanMag.com launched into space. And I know there are some people out there that would like to see that along with the huge one being launched into space. 
Chris from Detroit says, yeah, I'd like to launch Comp into space. Thank you, Chris, listening on the roar. Julian Byron Center chimes in on the text chain. God, when you're talking about somebody launched into space, I was hoping it was you and you never return. Thank you. Everybody's in a good mood. I get your brackets are nuked. Do you know how it sucks? Because there's no local teams, right? But when your bracket is completely annihilated, you don't even want to tune into the games until the end. I'm like, oh, look. I'm going to watch Marriage Unseen, where you marry somebody you've never met. Which, again, I'd rather be launched into space in a rocket and never return. (laughs) Oh, Brett. I look back. You know where I really lost it in all my pools? Because everybody got hammered. Nobody, even UConn had few people taking them all the way. It was the early first two rounds that I just got. You can look in all my pools where I just got killed. Especially the first round. Oh, my God. Now, if you entered the $1,000 Bean Garter Bracket Buster Challenge, you can check your progress and look at the damage from everybody. I just go to the thehugeshow.net and thanks to Tom Rosenbach and his team. And here in, what, eight days, we'll announce that winner, the $1,000 in the Bean Garter Bracket Challenge. You can look at Superfly, I think, finished better than me because he did. You didn't? I'm in front of you. Oh, God. That's. I'd like to thank the Academy. That tells you how bad it is. There's carnage. The only people who picked UConn, I guarantee I haven't checked all the brackets at the show.net. The only people who have UConn in there, and some could have slid Miami in there as a five seed or San Diego State. So just check those at thehugeshow.net. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Life as a grown-up, not what you thought it would be, right? The meetings, the stress, the boredom, and that one big question, does any of this matter? Then you became a cop, not what you thought it would be, right? The pride, the honor, the love for the brothers and sisters who served with you. The family who reminds you how much you matter. Being a cop, not what you thought, right? Just what you needed, I guess. Visit michiganpolicechiefs.org. Get ready to swing for a good cause at Van Andel Institute. Purple Community's 11th Annual Be Brave Golf Outing on May 6th at Thornapple Point Golf Club in GR. It's a day of fun for all golf enthusiasts and proceeds benefit breast cancer research at Van Andel Institute. Register at VAI.org. Hey, Michigan. Let's go big. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro wide receiver, and I'm talking real big-time winning on the hottest slots and table games on one incredible app, Eagle Casino and Sports. Sign up now and get up to $1,500. That's right. We'll match your first two deposits for up to $1,500, plus 100 free spins. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. You're 
Let's check in with Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com. The Michigan Insider is standing by on the Meyer guest line. We'll get to Michigan spring football in a moment. Also the future for Michigan basketball, but Michigan hockey. Wow, back to the Final Four wins on the road. Big wins this year to win the Big Ten title in front of Minnesota fans and to advance to the Frozen Four in front of Penn State fans last night. Unbelievable uh, job by the Michigan coaching staff. Yeah, and how about uh, getting this guy a contract, Ward Manuel? You know, interim coach, here he is recruiting his butt off. He's got his team in the Frozen Four Big Ten Tournament champions. And Brandon Narado, uh, there's no question that he's the guy to lead this team, so I'm not quite sure what they're waiting for. But I will say this, his stock has risen. NHL teams are showing interest, so good for him. I hope he uh, hope he gets the contract he deserves. But getting good goaltending, Eric Portillo, did a nice job uh, last night against Penn State. And, you know, it was one of those games where you kind of felt like you have if you're a Michigan hockey fan over the last three decades where you're kind of snake bit. You're carrying the play, but hitting posts, and you can't get that that equalizer. And finally did late in the third period, Adam Fantilli, who's uh, just an absolute stud, and then to win it in overtime like they did. So should be an epic Frozen Four. Got great teams there. We're going to be heading down to Tampa, so we'll give you some reports there. But, I think this is the year, Bill. I think they got a good shot here to, to uh, get rid of some of those demons that have plagued them. I think it becomes personal with Ward Manuel on how he slow played Harbaugh. He's so slow playing the interim coach. He, he offered up Mel Pearson a contract in the middle of an investigation, and you have what he you know what's been documented uh, with Harbaugh to the point that new president Santa Ono had to jump in. And I, I do wonder, and we talked to Clayton Safey earlier about this. I'm going to watch Santa Otto's Twitter feed again because if he has to jump in to help get the hockey coach a deal, then you know Ward Manuel's done. Just done. Yeah, I don't know about done just because of the success that he's had in the athletic department. Um, I mean, look at all the championships they've won, but there are things that they have to move more quickly on. There's no question about it. NIL, name, image, and likeness is another one. And, you know, it's nice to be on top, but the, the vision isn't for what's going to happen tomorrow. It's going to be what's going to be, you know, it's what have you done for me lately, but what's going to happen in the future? And they are not setting themselves up for future success with the way they're running their NIL stuff. And there's actually opposition to it in the athletic department. So they got to figure some stuff out there. There's no question about it. And uh, I don't know that Santa Ono would really, you know, it would view it as his place, honestly, having just gotten here to uh, to, to get rid of an athletic director who is uh, has been so successful. Uh, fair or not, you know what, uh, how much he has to do with it or whatever, uh, this, this athletic department is humming. So I think that would be tough. But there are things that need to change, period, end of story. And uh, you know what, when you've got coaches like John Beeline leading with a bad taste in his mouth, in my opinion, Eric Backett's the same way from a, from what we've heard. Uh, you know, the issues with with Jim Harbaugh, you know, you get Brandon Narado has basically been out there saying, you know what, it would be really good for us to have a contract so I can recruit. And here we are, man. So uh, they got to move things a lot more quickly, and that really starts with the AD. Yeah, you know, the thing is, it's that I, I get the success and the money they're raking in and everything, but there are just some common-sense decisions that have involved yeah. Harbaugh after beating Ohio State twice, two Big Ten championship game wins, two trips to the Final Four. Or you look at this hockey coach and what he's done, and you know they're a one seed in the NCAA D1 hockey tournament. They've been number one, I think, in the country at times this year in the polls, and just how exciting they are and 
how you wouldn't take care of him. And maybe he looks at it like, hey, we're getting a good deal on him this year. We'll just redo his deal when the season's over. I, I'm not inside the office or mind of Ward Manuels. So the way he's handled Harbaugh in this hockey yep. situation, it makes no sense. And Beeline and Backage. And I don't, you know, what people can push back on that, but I don't think there's any question about it. You know what, if you're on top and you can say, well, this program's not a moneymaker for us, so but we're going to go on the cheap and let go of one of the best baseball coaches in the country. It doesn't make any sense to me at an institution that cites itself as being leaders and best, right? I remember when John Beeline first got here and he saw the facilities and, you know, he was really working with Bill Martin to improve them and saying, hey, man, we're leaders and best in everything else, right? Aren't we supposed to be leaders and best in, in everything we do, including basketball? And you saw he uh, parlayed that into new facilities and, and the PDC, the Player Development Center and everything else. So, uh, I don't understand the mentality here. Uh, you can always go out and you know we and and find more money. There, Michigan has such a, a huge booster base that to to pull from. And um, to me, it's a no brainer. And I understand about budgets and everything else, but you know what? Work on it. Get in there and work on it and make it happen because. This is Michigan, for God's sake, as Brady Hoke once said. Probably the best thing he ever said as Michigan head coach. Yeah, uh, that's on one end of the spectrum. And the other is, hey, I think we're going to turn this Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year, uh, Denard, into a seldom-used running back. That's on the other side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, hey, I'm just citing his, his quote, which I think, you know, people still use. And he was right about it. You know what? Um, you're supposed to be the best. And uh, so act like it, man. I don't care what sport it is. If you've got something humming, you know what? Keep it humming and, and be the best and, and continue to try to be the best, period. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com, the Michigan Insider, checking in on the Meyer guest line here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Uh, from your intel, your insiders, from the limited access you guys have had to players, video released by Michigan Football Media Relations, uh, what would you say are the storylines so far in Michigan Spring Football, which concludes with the spring scrimmage, we'll call it, coming up on Saturday? Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of guys banged up, Bill, and uh, minor injuries. Nothing that's going to uh, really take be taken into the fall. But guys like Will Johnson, Junior Colson, uh, some of the heavy hitters, Darius Clemens, that wide receiver, has missed some time, and that's going to hinder him from getting on the field or at least showing his abilities uh, in an attempt to get on the field. So a lot of that. Um, but really, uh, from from one of our guys at practice, he said, this thing is humming. He said, this reminds me, this guy played in the 80s, and he said, this reminds me of when we played and how efficient it is, uh, the practices, and it's a championship vibe, Bill, and I've said that, you know, and you and I have talked about this in the past, that you have to win a championship to know what it's like to be a champion, and, and when you've got classes that are handing that on to the guys behind them, then you are going to have that opportunity to win championships and keep it going, but when you don't know how to win, you can't do that. So they finally got over that hump, and now you're seeing a program that expects to win titles again, and they've got talent all over the field. The, the two deep is really impressive. Ernest Hausman at linebacker, uh, line, uh, transfer from Nebraska, has been outstanding. So uh, they feel like they are strong at every position. They feel like the defense is going to be even better. And J.J. McCarthy, they're going to put a little bit more on his plate. Um, we haven't even seen the, the running backs this year, but true freshman Benjamin Hall is looking the part. So, and they're finally starting to recruit, Bill. Uh, they're getting the recruits in there who are, you know, seeing it up close at these practices and they want to be part of it, even with the, the NIL that's lacking. So, this program's humming, and I think you're going to see uh, in about four or five days, they're going to add a, a huge recruit 
uh, to the mix for 2024. You're going to see this 24 class be a lot better than the 23 class and, uh, you know, keep this thing going. You're talking about the quarterback from Fort Mill, South Carolina? It might be, yeah. It might be. Oh, uh, now you're you're Mister Secret Surprise. Well, here's the thing. You know what? You, you let the kids have their moment. He just um, he just released the top five, but let's just say Michigan's got a uh, a strong lead in this recruitment, Jaden Davis. So we expect good news there and more. I think you're going to see two or three more guys join the mix here. Really highly recruited guys, and uh, the fact that they're starting to pull them from Ohio and beat Ohio State for the Ohio elite Ohio kids again. That's something they haven't done in a long, long time, and that just goes to show you how the worm has turned a bit in this rivalry. Chris Ballas, the worm has turned. That will be the title <laughs> of his autobiography that he'll write with Doug Skeen one day. Uh, Skeen and Ballas, by the way, with the Michigan Football Podcast. You can uh, hear past episodes, new episodes at thewolverine.com. We'll be doing our Telling More Golf Spring Football Summit, where we'll look back at Michigan Spring Football, look ahead to the season, the Big Ten, Michigan State, and the Lions. That will be coming up in early May at the Tullymore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, Michigan. Chris, uh, we'll talk next week and look back at the spring game. Sounds great, Bill. Thanks for having me. All right, Chris Bell is checking in on the Meyer Guest Side, and Meyer proud to be longtime partners with University of Michigan Athletics. Big. Bad. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. It's a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app on the Michigan Sports Network. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use that promo code HUGE to get the hookups. And you can get in on opening day in Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, soccer, the Final Four down in Houston, and more. Just use code HUGE when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's a Moneyline Monday. Presented by DraftKings on the HUGE Show across Michigan. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the HUGE Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the HUGE Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It's our number two on a Moneyline Monday presented by DraftKings. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. This man is buttoned up. He gets everything done. No anxiety, no stress. He just posts and shows up. And inside this hour, we'll welcome in studio Jeff Risden, breaking down Lions free agency, the offseason, and also looking ahead uh, to the draft, which is, you know, a little over a month away. Uh, where will the Lions go at 6-18? and 18? What about the Lamar Jackson story? Are the Lions a player uh, that could be shocking in bringing Lamar Jackson to Detroit? I doubt that will happen, but uh, you never know what Holmes and Campbell are doing. Risden will also break down the rest of the NFC North. Will Jackson request a deal, get the Rodgers deal done, or will Green Bay maybe make Rodgers sweat a little bit? 
and say, you know what? Now nah, we want more. Or and make the Jets give them more. Could the Jets pull a move where they go after Lamar Jackson? There's a lot to talk about. Uh, free agents, you know, DJ is off to join Thalen and Carolina where they're putting together something, Frank Reich, right now, based on where they go. And they could be in Lamar Jackson uh, hunt. Who knows? Uh, a lot going on. If you have an NFL question, uh, you can drop it at Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook. And also you can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Mercantile Bank with locations wherever you're listening right now, all across Michigan. A local bank you can depend on and trust. And that's more important than ever before. And thanks to our friends from Mercantile Bank. So join us at one 838 4843 That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Uh, Jeff Risden in studio. So let's get to the big NFL headline today. Lamar Jackson formally requesting a trade, saying that Baltimore, where he's representing himself, which is kind of crazy when you're at that level, didn't meet his financial demands. So now you look at who is in the hunt, who has the salary cap money, because that's going to be what he wants is fully guaranteed money. And you're guessing at what? At least $200 million fully guaranteed or more? It, it, that's what he's asking for. I don't, I don't know if he's going to get that. Baltimore certainly isn't going to give it to him. So that's, you know, that's... Who, who's the front runner? You said Houston before we just went yeah, on air. And I explain the Texans move because I, I, I do like the scenario you talked about with Lamar going to Houston. Yeah, so Houston has two first round picks this year. They have number two and they have Cleveland's at number 10 that they got for Deshaun Watson. And that's the, the genesis for the reason why Lamar isn't getting paid because Deshaun Watson got a fully guaranteed $242 million contract. Lamar Jackson can point to that guy and say, hey, I'm better than him. I got an MVP. I've won playoff games. John hasn't really done that. He's, he's won one playoff game in his career. So there, that's where the friction comes from. And that would be, you know, that, just the, the whole circle of life. You know, the, the Arabaros with the snake eating its own tail there. It's fun. And Houston has, they have the money. They can afford to get him in. They have the cap room to do it. The other thing with that, and don't, don't forget about this factor. When you do a guaranteed contact, contract, all of the money that is guaranteed in the contract has to be in escrow with the NFL. That means the owner has to have that kind of cash. They have that in Houston. They, they're not hurting for money down there. There are other teams that can't do that. The Raiders are a great example. They have to. They they can't do those sorts of deals because their their owner doesn't have the cash to do it. Uh, there's questions about a couple other teams too, but they you don't have those worries with Houston. And then you know, Lamar wants they want. They are. They have tagged him with the non-exclusive franchise tag, which means that if somebody signs him to a deal, like the Texans, you have to give up a first-round pick this year and a first-round pick next year. Well, they've got that extra first-rounder this year. They'll have enough draft capital to play around to get one next year where they give it up, and they're fine. So they make a lot of sense to me. doesn't mean that they're going to do it, but they make, they make the most sense of the teams that could feasibly pull it off. I mean, we'll just say the Lions... Lions aren't going to do that. They're not moving on from Jared Goff for Lamar Jackson. There's just too many moving parts to that. Is, is Lamar Jackson a better quarterback than Jared Goff? Probably. Is he better in Detroit in 2023? Heck no. Well, you're looking at the teams that are really in desperate need of a QB, where that would be Houston, it would be Indy, it would be Carolina. Those are obvious 
teams. But the question is, do they have the salary cap? Can they restructure uh, even a Bill Belichick who could just dump on Mac Jones and restructure a bunch of deals? I don't know if they got a ton of money tied up with anybody specifically. And Indy doesn't have a star. If you want... I Houston are again two of the teams you know that are going to take a quarterback if they don't get Lamar in the draft. Those are they're no brainers. And then, but if you're Indy, your first round pick, you have to give up what four yeah, early, right? Four, and then whatever you're going to give up next year, and that's and then you've got to pay him. Like they they just paid Quentin Nelson, Quentin Nelson, a boatload of money. They are they're not hurting for cap, but that would that would tap them out. And that that's a team like three years ago when when after the Andrew Luck thing happened, they rebounded pretty nicely and they patched it together with with Phillip Rivers and they tried with Carson Wentz and tried with Matt Ryan. Like that window for that specific team has closed. So they're kind of at the start of a new one. I think Lamar is better for a team that 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 window's open now. Now Houston is certainly not that, so that that sort of poo poos my own argument there. But they, they're, you know, Carolina Carolina is fascinating because I can see Frank Reich, their new head coach, down there figuring out how to run an offense around him. They just added DJ Chark. If you look at Adam the, Thalen, right? Yeah. yeah, Adam Thalen. They're the wide receivers that that Jackson has played with in Baltimore is almost criminal. Like they're they're not good. And the, the other thing is. They're all really small guys. Like the, the, the one big guy that they brought in was Miles Boykin from Notre Dame. He can't play. Like their starting receivers last year, not one of them was taller than five ten. Like you're asking a, Lamar Jackson is a good quarterback. He's a good passer. He's not an elite, accurate guy. When you got guys with that small of a catch, you're like you got to have that ball right on point all the time. That that's asking a lot for a quarterback. So it, like he's going to go somewhere, you know. Just go back to the Texans for a second. They have some some receivers with some size. They got Nico Collins down there from Michigan, promising rookie season. He's emerging as as a real weapon. They've they've got some pieces to work with. Them. They have a run game. They have an elite left tackle in Laramie Tunsil. Like the pieces fit for that. So that that would be my best speculation to where he winds up. But with what the Ravens do, who knows? They've made some weird choices in that franchise lately. Um, ever since Ozzie Newsome left uh, and Eric DeCosta took over, it's been it's been different there. Do they have to buy the NFL rules? And Jeff Risden from the Lions Wire and also Draft Wire joining us in studio, one of our Lions insiders. With that non-exclusive tag, can there be a trade done to supersede that? Yes. Which would be different because he requested a trade. Which, you know, I, I think, I don't know the positioning of Lamar Jackson on that from the story earlier today. So you're Baltimore, and yeah, you, you would look at Houston with the 10 pick. You would look at Indy with the 4 pick, because now you can get your quarterback of the future, right? Right. And then another team that was mentioned, and we talked about Carolina and the obvious QB need teams. I mentioned even the Vikings on the list at CBS Sports on potential landing spots, and they would just dump on Cousins. But the Lions were listed as the seventh most likely landing spot for Lamar Jackson. And why? Because they have those two first-rounders. They do. Okay, so they could give up 18, keep six, give up 18. The question is, with their salary cap, which I think I saw still was third in the NFL I think it was Sport Track or something. Yeah, they, they've they've monkeyed around with the uh, the cap. Do they enough. have Do they have enough money? Salary cap deals are locked into now. Moving forward, do they have enough 
to pull off a Lamar Jackson trade from the Ravens to the Lions. If Baltimore wants Jared Goff in return, but I don't think they want that. That and that like if you're adding Lamar Jackson in with Jared Goff, that doesn't work. I mean that because you're going to be paying Lamar Jackson even if you manipulate the cap the way that the Lions have done a great job with and and Brandon Sosta and, and Mike Disner deserve a lot of credit for that. You're looking at committing Fifty million dollars to your quarterback this year, and more than that in in the coming years. Uh, so that does not work. You mean for golf going to it, the Ravens? Yeah, if if golf doesn't go, like the golf would have to go in the trade. yeah yeah to, for yeah. money purposes. Uh, yeah, and, but then the Ravens get a quarterback, and then they could get uh, still get eighteen, and right. and they're better off at the QB position. They're still strong defensively. They're well coached uh, with John Harbaugh. But what does that do? I'm thinking on the Lions side. You take a risk on the culture chemistry and the way Lamar refused to play, even the end here. That's that's it got public and it went on Twitter. You know, if you notice, the Lions aren't saying anything negative on Twitter like they used to back in the Patricia days, right? (laughs) They're smarter than that now. Well, they are. Yeah, it's a culture. Yeah, that's accountability. Exactly. Rules are being established. Do, what do you think Holmes and Campbell are doing right now with the news today that Lamar Jackson is on the block? I think they're looking for one of the teams that's ahead of them in the draft to take him, and that means that a better option for quarterback, whether they want to take him or they want somebody to come up and trade for that, is on the table. Because uh, that Lamar Jackson is better than any quarterback you can get in this draft. And I, I say that is as somebody Is he better than golf? Oh, Yes, okay. he right. is. All right, so now I'm, I'm going to go down, always upgrading. <laughs> I'm going to play the upgrade game. Yeah, okay. If he's better than golf, which we agree, and former yeah. MVP, and you know, f- still can run, and uh, never had the weapons, and now you got Jamison Williams. Uh, think about Ooh. that speed at QB. Uh, yeah, oh do the math on that. Uh, with the running game, with that line, you're, you're Holmes and Campbell. Do you do you say? This is a game changer. This is our Mahomes. This is our Burrow. This is our Josh Allen. This is where, for his contract, if it's five years and it's $242 million guaranteed to get past Deshaun Watson's number, this is the guy that can bring a Super Bowl to Detroit. He could, but I think they, 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 they've, everything they have said, let me split that up properly, everything they have said indicates that they believe that Jared Goff is that guy. And they're not really interested in making. They a move finished eight two at golf. They right? did, and we don't we, we, we don't debate that. We talked he, he about it last week. Ball. We talked about it last week. Who's better than him in the NFC? Hurts. Um, yeah. Right now. Yeah, and that's that's the list. Like, and maybe Dak Prescott. There'll be an argument. Maybe. Yeah. Right? Maybe. Like there's, there's there's you can have some arguments with some people, but who's definitively Carl better? Will than have him? to prove it with the Saints. Exactly. Trey Lance hasn't proven it. Purdy. Pretty healthy, you would say. Okay, sophomore Jenks, but now he's you know had the time. Yeah, who knows what's going on with that joint surgery? Yeah, so see. I, who else? You know, Geno Smith had a good year. He did beat Golf in Detroit. I was there at that game. I, I knew he him did. But, but Golf, Golf is the guy in twenty twenty three, and they've they've committed the offense to building around. Like we, at this point last year, we were talking about how offensive coordinator. Um, ben Johnson was tailoring the offense to what Jared Goff does well. I think he did a fantastic job of doing that last year. That's one of the reasons why Goff was so good was because he had input and they, they moved things in the direction of what Jared Goff does well. What Jared Goff does well is not what Lamar Jackson does well, which means you're going to have to change things again. 
Your offensive line is built for a guy like Goff who's going to sit in the pocket, who's not going to take off. Lamar, like, it, it's a would, – would the Lions line be able to do it? Absolutely. I, I don't have any doubt that Panay Sewell couldn't be a great blocker for him. But you're changing things on the fly when what was working was working really well. And I just don't see that the Lions have any real interest in doing that kind of thing. Our Bud Light huge question of the day. If you were Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell, would you try and trade? Not saying you can get it done. Would you try and trade for Lamar Jackson? You can answer that question at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. That's on the Mercantile Bank Listener line, add HUGE Show on Twitter, the HUGE Show on Facebook, opt in on that HUGE text chain, text the word HUGE to 21,000. So I, I look at the Stafford deal, and this is almost the feeling of a reverse Stafford move where, you know, nobody saw that coming. Yeah. Right? Nobody yeah. nobody saw it coming, and it ended up working well for both sides. It did. Right? All right. Uh, Rams get the Super Bowl in year one of Stafford. Lions uh, find their way, eight and two final. Ten games, so the the room, uh, their war room, their off season war room, not just you know draft weekend. If you got a chance to get better, I, what I've always heard from the good coaches, the good GMs, uh, any level, you know, at, at professional sports, that if you have a chance to get better, you make the move. But man, you have been using a fine-tooth comb to cleanse and sweep and get through that culture building and go off established as a leader. And, yeah, they don't want to go after a backup. But my first thought was, Jeff, about what you said about Goff didn't want anybody challenging him, that that's not, that's not where he flourishes as a QB, right? Right. That was definitely true in Los Angeles, that's right, for right. sure. Well, and, you, and you brought that up, and I thought about that when we got the Nate Seldfeld, and then you did your quick video. Uh, on the Detroit Lions podcast. I was not happy. No, I know. I'm still not it. happy about it. I mean, it. and then the freeze frame, I'm going, did Jeff get arrested? Uh, what's going on here right here? Is Jeff, is Jeff, has Jeff had a sports bar break at TVs right now in the Detroit Lions podcast opinion? Uh, Nate Suffield. We'll talk about that later, but if you have the opportunity, and, and my God, that, you know, that almost is something that only Sheila Hamp, Holmes, Spillman, Dorsey, Dan, Ben Johnson, they're in a room and they say, guys, what do you think? The good business would be today, if they'd not already done it, Do if he becomes available, do we ever make a run at him? Right. They've already talked about this at some point. Oh, absolutely. They've covered this base before, for sure. Um, the only thing I'll say on it is that I'll go to John Dorsey's old organization for a second. And the reason why this whole situation is up, the Cleveland Browns did do that. They had Baker Mayfield, a guy who won a playoff game in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm with his head coach locked in his basement with COVID, and they decided to make the move on Deshaun. And, and who was in charge? Yeah, well, the owner's in charge. But J- yeah. Jimmy Haslam is in charge, and that's not a good situation. But Jimmy must not do well at the casinos. Jimmy, Jimmy's a guy who, who legitimately, this is a true story, listened to a homeless guy telling him to take Johnny Manziel. In the first round of the what is the 2014 NFL draft. That Tell day. me he gave the guy at least a hundy. He... Probably threw a pack of cigarettes. No, he became assistant GM, and the next thing, he's a new movie. Uh, It's called Draft Day 2 with Kevin Costner. (laughs) Could very well be. But that's 
that's that's that's the downside of making a move like this because that's that's a very analogous move. Like they moved on from their their guy, who like there were some questions about Baker Mayfield for sure. Um, I I raised them several times, but he was a guy who could win. You could win with him. They proved you could win with him as the Lions did with Goff last year, and they made that radical move. And now they have gone backwards. Big time. That's one of the reasons why Houston has assets is because the Browns gave them to them. Yeah, but Lamar doesn't do have the baggage. He might have the attitude uh, baggage, but he doesn't have the baggage. Oh, that certainly, Sean not, had certainly not the off-field stuff. Right, no. right. Uh, so, that's, so I just want to ask you, yeah. Jeff, and Jeff Risden from Lions Wire, Draft Wire. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, online, joining us in studio. Just pure football. Mm-hmm. How much better equal or worse would the Lions be if Lamar Jackson was their quarterback from game one in 2023? That's a good question. I would say, and I think I just, I, I kind of hinted at like they, their offense is so tailored to what Jared Goff is and Lamar Jackson would have to come in and run that or, you know, the, the offense would have to move more towards Lamar. I kind of think it would, it wouldn't be any better than equal. Because of, of where they're at with Goff and the talent they've got around him and the way that the offense is designed. Now, long term, maybe, but I mean, this this is a team built to win right now. Yeah, they, they there's no reason the Lions can't win the NFC North next year, host a playoff game or two. Tell me how they how, how at worst now with the 17 game schedule, you can't look at this team and think 11 and six. Yeah. And by the way, the odds are out on that. And they, their their current odds are nine point five. Yeah, uh, that, that that's that's going to go up. DraftKings Sportsbook <laughs> Big Board had the over under on Lions season wins at nine and a half. And that might be a worthwhile investment. I'd take that right now. <laughs> I'm with two on the, on the NFL futures right on the DraftKings. We go to break. I'm hitting it up. <laughs> and why not? I'd take nine. Get to ten. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, probably close to even money odds on that. I would know? think so. Yeah, so I. That's where we're at here. It, it is a question that will be interesting, and I'm sure across the state of Michigan and Twitter and Facebook with the news coming out with Lamar, a lot of people will be talking about this. Absolutely. And the key is, okay, um, Green Bay, uh, the Vikings were on that list. The last thing you would want, okay, he's not going to Chicago. They, they're locked in with fields. Yes, they are. The last, I don't think Green Bay has the money. But if they flush the... That would be a wild situation okay. to go from from Aaron Rodgers to Lamar well, That's where I'm I'm, oh I'm saying if you're the Lions in that conversation now, <laughs> Jeff, if he ends up in Green Bay or they pushed out Cousins, you know, the Vikings are thinking, hey, man, you know, we're on turf. We got our speed. We got Jefferson, you know, this, that. We're, you know, upgraded uh, on defense. You know, and all of a sudden he's your competition. The, the, here's here's the tricky NFL business part of Lamar being out there that I think the Lions have already had or will have those discussions, right? Yeah. What do you do? I'll go back to Bill Belichick for a second, who I think is the best coach of the Super Bowl era. Yes. And one of the things that he said consistently is, I don't worry about what other teams are doing. I worry about my football team. And he was interesting with quarterbacks. He would play the best. He would not, if you read like Bledsoe's story, right? Yep, absolutely. And even last year, like... Even Belichick's the same way. Absolutely. If, if Bailey Zappi is better than Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi's playing You don't think Belichick sees the modern era, which he hasn't had one of those modern era quarterbacks? 
where he, he could tried run. Cam for a year, but Cam was broken. No, no, he was. Yeah. But he yeah. he had a you know Lamar's twenty six. He seems older. It seems like he's been in the league. Does feel it doesn't years, feel like he's it? been around yet. Yeah, oh, yeah. class, draft class of twenty eighteen. Yeah, guys, so he's only twenty six. That you're Belichick and you find a way to get him in New England because again, look, Rodgers could be there with the Jets mm-hmm. or should be there. Uh, Josh yeah. Allen, uh, Tua. You see where I'm, you know, I'm going here? That, where he knows to compete. My last run, uh, yeah, I'll sell the farm. I can coach everybody up. This is, you know, Belichick is, what, 70 now, right? Yeah, he is. Fight fire with fire. So that's, your last uh, maybe four or five-year run is Lamar's deal, right? That, that's an interesting thought. That That's a very interesting thought. Do they that's, have enough? Uh, the key is, I, I think most teams can make room, but I'm trying to think who the Patriots are really locked into. They would have. They would have to give money, up, right? They could give up Mac Jones and a first round pick and cap filler. Um, they're they're not hurting for cap, but they they'd have to they'd have to do some movement. They'd have to. But they don't have any any monster contracts that at least no, you know publicly you no care they about. don't they don't have anything that's wild. They they overpaid for a couple of offensive linemen, but those you know the the python the deer's gone. That so the Lions just need already. Lamar to stay in the AFC. That would be preferable, yes, because that well, guy Belichick, can play. Bel- he's, he's not, can play. not just because I don't want him, you know, with in Green Bay or in Minneapolis if they would push out Cousins, but Lamar with Belichick, and Belichick gets to have the modern quarterback who can run and throw that he's never had, and he's watched it now with, with Tua, and he's watched it with Josh Allen. Rodgers will be your typical NFL West Coast pocket passer, but. You know Belichick getting his hands on Lamar Jackson. That's kind of fun. If you're if you're just an NFL fan, now, but, but you're, you're fan the Ravens, are you going to trade him AFC? You're going to look NFC first. I would think so. That make that absolutely makes sense. But I mean, the Lions did trade Stafford within the NFC. Granted, that was a different scenario. But there's yeah, that's I hadn't really thought about the Patriots. Honestly, huge, and that that's that's got my. Got the gears grinding. I well, like I, it. I'm just thinking that, you know, and Belichick talks to Saban a lot, and Saban went through the, hey, I'm going to leave the McElroy, A.J. McCarron days, and he started going to the hybrid quarterbacks, right? Absolutely. Jalen Hurts, Tua, you know, uh, now Bryce, Bryce Young. Young. Yeah. And so, you know, Belichick and him, which that, that HBO show when they talk football still was phenomenal. I, uh, I was, it still is. I'll, I'll catch it on the on demand on HBO Max and I'll watch it. And it's so good because it's so pure, and you really get a side of Belichick's, uh, the genius part of him. Oh, 100%. When, and the same thing when with Saban. he wants to talk football, like he's normally a very droll guy. You just you don't want to interview him. But when, you, when he's on football, he can just wax poetic, and it's beautiful, and it's informative, and he's got stories, and he backs them up. It's it's Look, again, he's not Mr. Personality, but when he's going on football, you darn well better listen. All right, so the wrap up the Lamar Jackson part of this conversation. Jeff Risden from Lions Wire, Draft Wire. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, online, part of the USA Today Network. Joining us in studio talking Lions all season. Uh, we'll get to the backup quarterback situation in our next segment. Uh, but putting the lid on the Lamar conversation for today, the odds on the Rizzy meter. <laughs> Ten being the highest, zero the lowest, that they would make a trade for Lamar Jackson. Ten being the highest and zero the lowest, uh, like one point seven five. One point seven five. Yeah. So you're saying there's a chance? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> 
All right, Rizzy. We'll get to the Nate Sudfeld story, which is going to be a two and a half hour. <laughs> they're going to call it 30 for 30 for 30 for 30 plus 30. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk uh, Nate Sudfeld. Uh, he is in studio. Not Nate, but Jeff Risden from Lions Wire, Draft Wire. If you have a Lions question, uh, you can join in on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1 866 838 4843. That's 1 866 838 HUGE. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, the HUGE Show on Facebook, and also opt in on that HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21000. From Detroit to Petoskey. This show is huge. We played for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older and in Michigan to play. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive, boys and girls... High School Sports, MHSAA.TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. At Mercantile Bank, we believe supporting the communities we serve is a vital part of who we are. Our team is here to make a positive impact, a real difference, and we're always looking for leaders to join our team because we're not just a bank. We're a partner here to support what matters most. Come grow with us. Visit MercBank.com to learn more and let's support our community together. Mercantile Bank, member FDIC, equal opportunity employer. Get ready to swing for a good cause at Van Andel Institute. Purple Community's 11th Annual Be Brave Golf Outing on May 6th at Thornapple Point Golf Club in GR. It's a day of fun for all golf enthusiasts and proceeds benefit breast cancer research at Van Andel Institute. Register at VAI.org. Bigger than any box score, local sports are a victory for the entire community. Building up leaders, breaking down barriers, connecting generations, teaching integrity blazing a trail, sparking our economy. That's why Meyer sponsors hundreds of local sports teams throughout the Midwest. From Little League to the Big Leagues, uniforms to stadiums, Meyer knows when we support the home team, we all win. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back on the huge show across Michigan, 19 stations strong. Weekday afternoons, 3 until 6. Go to thehugeshow.net. Also on the iHeart app, search The Huge Show, and you can listen when you're on spring break 
Spring break? Hey, spring break? Spring break. Uh, anywhere in the country where you have mobile service, just search The Huge Show on the iHeart app and our free stream online weekdays at 3, also at thehugeshow.net. Uh, Jeff Risden from Lions Wire, Draft Wire. Follow them on Twitter and Facebook in studio, talking Lions all season. Okay, so last segment, uh, we discussed the QB position and the possibility, the remote possibility of trading for Lamar Jackson. Uh, last week, uh, you were in studio early in the week. Uh, we talked about the backup QB situation with the Lions. No way they would go with Nate Sudfeld uh, into the regular season, and they weren't signing any of the available quality free agent QBs. And then, you know, we get word end of last week that they're going with Nate Sudfeld. Now, the question is when I calm down later that day, and I know you were fired up on your Detroit Lions podcast. Just just a little bit. Uh, opinion on Sudfeld. <laughs> you know, the one negative from last year that I, I will not forget, and a lot of people say I harp on it, that the Lions and Campbell and Ben Johnson thought they saw something in Boyle. And I do. there was no tape in the NFL of him doing anything. He must be a great guy, maybe the culture guy. Uh, he wasn't going to push golf, but they invested millions in him. And... It was a tragic mistake. So they seem to have learned from their mistakes, whether it was Campbell calling plays, or we can go down the list, right, in in the first two years. Because I think their slow starts were all about kind of feeling out the process and then correcting your mistakes and showing you could uh, do the right thing. So to get the news that Nate Sudfeld was signed as the current number 2 QB, like I said, when I stepped back, Jeff, I said, okay, there's two ways here. This tells me they're going to get a quarterback first or second round. Yeah. Or they're going to wait to the, you know, the June salary cap casualty dates and see if another guy falls into their lap or things like this Lamar Jackson movement and the Rodgers movement that could free up some veteran backups. Yeah, and that's certainly Either one of them is, could absolutely happen. Look, I don't do. I think that Nate Sudfeld will be the number two quarterback. This no, I don't even know if he's going to make the team. But the fact that Brad Holmes tells us at the combine, and and I take this personally because he looked directly at me when he said this, um, and I was standing in a group of people in front of the podium with him, and he looked right at me. It was either me or Ben Raven who was standing next to me, where the two tall guys are, and he was looking right at us. And he said, yeah, I screwed up. I, I got to do better with the backup quarterback position. And then you give us the same backup quarterback. Like, do you smell what you're shoveling? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it's, uh, I, I, I've calmed down some. I, I do that. I take so some- I, I took a deep breath. Yeah. I was fired up with yeah, my you, first you, couple of tweets and Facebook posts on it. And I saw your... Uh, video opinion. I I was gonna drop you a message and make sure your blood pressure wasn't going <laughs> off the rails, or the yeah, huge was, show has really creeped inside your football soul. There, Detroit Lions podcast. Yeah, ran was, on I was I was agitated, and you I, know why? Because it's the first move, really, outside of the egg at Carolina. That entire game that was rough. Okay, yeah, they haven't given us a lot to complain about since they were one and six. You're right. You're absolutely right. The Carolina game on Christmas Eve, right? That was okay. that was a tough one. And but since then, that, that's about it. Yeah, right? I mean, people want to quibble with Jamal Williams. Like I understand that one. Uh, why why he's gone? I understand why DJ Chark is gone. Like I, I those are perfectly plausible moves. 
This one, I, I still don't understand the logic behind it. Like, why sign him now? What's your purpose in doing that? Was he, was he going to be signed by somebody else? I don't think so. It, it's not like you were competing against anybody else. It's almost else. like what they signed him wait? for insurance in case they don't get the quarterback in the draft. Yeah, that, that's certainly, a, yeah, that makes sense. But again, why would you do it now? Why would you, why would you not wait a little bit? Is, is anybody beating down Nate Sudfeld's door? I don't think so. Like, this is, he's not, he's, he's thrown what, 25 passes in seven years? It was the boil, it's the boil syndrome. And, and keep in mind, just to go back a little bit further with Brad Holmes, it's the guy who thought that John Wolford was a viable replacement for Jared Goff. And I worry, like, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on Goff because that's working out pretty well. But his eyes for quarterback, you got to have a little bit of – maybe he needs a prescription change on that or something because the backups that they brought in when he was in Los Angeles and when he was in charge of their scouting were not impressive. And the backups that he's brought into Detroit have been worse than that. I'm a little concerned about that. Is it something that, like, oh, he's got to – like, no, no, he's he's fine. He's good. He's certainly – Done a whole lot more good than bad, but if if you're gonna just blindly accept that he thinks that Tim Boyle and John Wolford and guys like that are are quality NFL, like maybe he needs a little bit more input from his staff on the quarterback situation and drafting a quarterback for the future. And if you want to have confidence about them drafting whoever in the first round, and I don't know who they're going to draft in the first or second round, my guess today would be Hendon Hooker from Tennessee, but that's just a guess. I don't know. I don't know if they know yet. They're talking about him a lot this weekend. I know you talked about him uh, last week on the show that, you know, I think Pat McAfee also said, why aren't more people talking about, you know, Hendon Hooker? That's why I look at the Lions and because of their draft stock and capital, you know, they have the ability to throw in a second rounder to Arizona and say, we want to pick third and we'll give you six and a second rounder and then get their quarterback of the future. And they can do that. Whether it's Richardson, C.J. Stroud, or Bryce Young. Right. Um, Got to throw Will Levis in there, too, even though oh, I... So would you yeah, would you make that. that move? If if you're Holmes and Campbell, would you trade up to three, you flip to six, or Arizona flips to six, and you give up the later second rounder? I would, yes. I get a quarterback of the future. You could do that for it's a It's like you're getting a potential overall number one type guy. Exactly. And... Uh, if you don't trust that your staff can develop a guy like like Anthony Richardson, and you have or the two Bryce years Young. of Goff's contract for this guy to develop, right? You certainly have one year with Goff for sure. Um, Goff's going to need at this point next year. We we will be talking about Jared Goff's new contract, whether it's in Detroit or somewhere else. Well, if he takes him to the playoffs and they are eleven and six, he's going to get a big deal, and he deserves it. He exactly. deserves every penny of it. If they're and they'll give it to him. If they miss the playoffs, they're not resigning. Right, and but if they miss the playoffs, they're too good to be bad. And that's that's the issue. So is that why do you go make your trade? That's right why now? you do it now because your your pick at six is a gift because the Rams were unexpectedly so bad. You thought that pick at best would be low twenties, right? Absolutely. All right. So Absolutely. they were so bad. So you can't look at six and say, "Oh, we can't give away six. So you give away again the later second rounder and six. Arizona has Murray. They're not. They don't need a quarterback. Yeah. And. Throw in Jeff Okuda for for good measure because he, he won't be here that okay, long. Yeah, so <laughs> and you make that deal. I I would approve that because now that. you have options. So now your question is okay, um, C J Anthony Richardson, Levis, uh, 
Bryce Young, you're going to have whatever the the top two because you have to think somebody's going to trade with the Bears, right? Yeah, well, the Panthers are one. They're, it's right, sure, the Panthers yeah, already yeah, did the sure, deal. It sure feels like they're right. taking CJ. Right. So they, they already did the deal yeah. with the Bears. Yeah. I was thinking, I, or they already did the deal with the Bears. Yeah. So the Bears dropped down, so they're going. That's a quarterback at one. Yeah, right. And then two, the Texans are taking a quarterback. Quarterback. So then yeah. the Lions would trade with Arizona. Yeah, yeah so the they, they would be done. third in line, and then Indianapolis is at four. The, you do have to worry about Indianapolis trading up to three. To just to make sure that the, the Lions don't make a move like that if they have a quarterback that they prefer. Because their their owner has already said, we're taking a quarterback, and has told their GM, you're taking a quarterback, So where's picking in the second round? Would they give up their second rounder to get their quarterback? Probably, I would think. It makes sense, They have yeah. to be picking higher. Again, I don't know with all the trades. Like I, They they have they got a couple of comp picks, too. So they have, okay, they have a couple of third-round picks to play with. But the Lions, you know, they... They certainly have the ability if they want to get their court. They are not going to be in a position like this next year, where let's say, let's say they finish. Let's say they, they are they need to move on from golf because he didn't get it done, and they're eight and nine next season, which I I personally find implausible. But we'll play. But now play you have it. a second year QB yeah. ready to take over. Right. We'll play it out. So then you're looking at you're picking fifteenth, and you've got. The next year's number one, well, fifteen, and the the next year's number one. If you're getting a quarterback, like that's that's not going to get you higher than eight or nine. That's not getting you into the range to get your quarterback next year, whether it's Drake May. This is this is a Queen security Ewers blanket or, if you're or, able to make this move because you were given the gift of the Rams' horrible season. Exactly, and you have that extra second rounder, so you you then would get your QB still have eighteen, right? Right. And you and you lower it to one second rounder, right? But you have your quarterback now, and you have that year, if not two years, to play with golf, right? Yeah, and you've got you've got the guy in the system. He can learn. He can get chemistry with the receivers. He can understand. He can, if he's coming from somewhere far away, he can understand what Detroit's all about. Like Detroit, it's a it's a peculiar city, and I don't mean that bad. It's just different than where a lot of dudes are from. You know, Will Levis is he's from I think Central Pennsylvania. Uh, Anthony Richardson's from Coastal Alabama. Like the, it's different cultures, and you got to you got to fit into that. It takes a little time sometimes. You know, it took Stafford some time to adjust to being in Detroit. And again, that's it's not a awesome ne- time too. Yeah, I it's think. not it's not right? a negative against Detroit. It's just it is what it is. It's it's different. And I, I like the idea of having your successor in play. Um, also, uh, and you know I'm big on this because I, I talk about it all the time on the Detroit Lions podcast. This is a team that should be winning playoff games, if not next year, the year after that. If Jared Goff right now, if he hits his, hits his finger on a helmet and misses two games, they're losing those two games. Like You can't afford to lose those games. You've got to have a better backup than Nate Bleepin' Sudfeld to come in to do that. And I I'm very adamant that they need to to have a quality number two quarterback who can ascend to number one if Jared Goff, maybe maybe Jared Goff gets, t- maybe Ben Johnson gets a head coaching job somewhere and he wants to take Jared Goff with him. That's certainly plausible. Um, I don't think it would happen, but it's, you got to consider that. That that's that They've got to have a backup plan in place that's better than, again, Nate Bleep and Sudfeld. Jeff Risden from Lions Wire, Draft Wire. Follow both on Facebook and Twitter and online. Joining us in studio on this Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Always use that promo code HUGE when you sign up uh, to get uh, the hookups. That's promo code HUGE 
when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, more with Rizzi. Uh, we'll talk about the rest of the Lions offseason. Look ahead to the NFL draft. You have a Lions question? You can join us, NFL question, on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. At Mercantile Bank, we believe in empowering the communities we serve and that financially strong individuals and families are vital for building strong communities. That's why we're committed to providing budgeting tools and interactive resources designed to help you take charge of your finances. Our friendly staff is always here to help answer questions and provide solutions to help you reach your goals. Call, stop in, or visit us online at MercBank.com to learn more. And let's help you make today count. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. We played for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older than Michigan to play. Get ready to swing for a good cause at Van Andel Institute Purple Community's 11th Annual Be Brave Golf Outing on May 6th at Thornapple Point in GR. With the shotgun start at 8.30 a.m., this is the event for all golf enthusiasts. Participate in an individual or foursome admission, all while having food and beverages provided. The best part is that 100% of the proceeds will benefit breast cancer research at Van Andel Institute. Register now at VAI.org. That's VAI.org. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Final segment, hour number two with Jeff Risden from Lions Wire and Draft Wire in studio. Make sure you follow uh, Jeff on Twitter at J-E-F-F-R-I-S-D-O-N, Lions Wire, Draft Wire, two must-follows on Facebook and on Twitter. If you do have a Lions or NFL question for Jeff or myself, uh, you can drop it on the Mercantile Bank listener line. That's 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE on the Mercantile Bank listener line. Big. Bad. Huge. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. It's a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app on the Michigan Sports Network. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use that promo code HUGE to get the hookups. And you can get in on opening day in Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, soccer, the Final Four down in Houston, and more. Just use code HUGE when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's a Moneyline Monday. Presented by DraftKings on the HUGE Show across Michigan. Are you ready for HUGE opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the HUGE Show. 
From the east side to the west side to the UP, the huge show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1 866 838 HUGE. That's 1 866 838 4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It's our number three on this Moneyline Monday, presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer and in studio. A couple segments left with Mr. Jeff Risden, Lions Wire, Draft Wire. Follow them on Facebook and Twitter online. Uh, we've been talking Lions offseason. Would they make a bid for Lamar Jackson, who announced today that he wants to be traded? So he's on... Uh, the open market, the Nate Sudfeld signing did not make either one of us happy when it happened or again today in the conversation. So uh, beyond the quarterback talk, uh, what else is left in free agency uh, for the Lions before we get to the draft? Any other movement do you predict or see coming? Nothing that's going to move anybody's meter. Uh, they could bring in a, a bottom of the roster type guy at wide receiver or defensive tackle, but that's they're pretty comfortable with where they're at from, from everything that I've gathered. And we did actually, I just got the official announcement not long ago that they, they did officially sign Jalen Reeves Maven. That's the kind of guy that you're going to be looking at that they're going to be addressing in free agents. They're not going at, obviously, Bobby Wagner's off the market. They're not going after those guys. Yeah, Lions fans are starting to get to the point that they thought every available free agent uh, was going to sign with Detroit. They did, and uh, it, it, that's just not what this team is is doing or built upon. But you know, it's it's fun. To, it's fun to think about what Bobby Wagner could have done. But they're uh, they're looking at at the the Chilliners, Mabins of the world. We we know well, the Anzalone well. investment kind of made it seem that they're not going to go after Wagner, right? Absolutely, he is their hype. He will be their best linebacker on the team this coming year, and I know people are angrily driving off of whatever freeway they're on right now when I say that. They like him a lot. They trust him. They respect him. They like the fact that he's a positive influence in the locker room and a guy who can help develop guys like Derek Barnes, if there's any development left in him, and and Malcolm Rodriguez and what Rodrigo can offer in the future. They like Anzalone in that role a ton. I think they're going to bring in a late-round, middle, like third to sixth-round linebacker it's not going to be somebody that moves the needle big time, but they're they're going to bring somebody in just for depth. And and I think I think they're probably a little bit more concerned about Derek Barnes than they let on the fact that he hasn't really done a lot more than he ever did when he got here. Uh, but the, he's 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 far from being a, a finished product in in two seasons where he's basically changed positions from what he played at Purdue, where he was a pass rusher. Um, in the in the role that they use Julian O'Quara in, and now now he's an off ball linebacker. Like there's been some growing pains on that, but they're not looking at the. I can't even think who's premium. Like so, DeAndre Hopkins is out there as a, as a premium. Lions receiver. fans on Twitter are saying, "Hey, cut a deal. You know, give up six, get him right." I will tell you that DeAndre Hopkins is probably my favorite wide receiver in the NFL. My my son is a diehard Texans fan. He has a DeAndre Hopkins Texans jersey. Doesn't wear it anymore. It's a little small on him now, but uh, he, like, we love DeAndre Hopkins in the house of Risden, and there is not a chance in the world that I want the Lions to go after him. He just doesn't fit their timeline. He's 31 years old. He's had some injury issues. He's had some suspension issues. You can't overlook the fact that he got suspended six games last year for PEDs. That means 
That's not his first strike in that. You can't take that kind of risk to pay him. I think he's making $22 million this coming season. You can't take that. Or you can't take that risk if you're the Lions, and they know that. So I, that's, that's not even a thought in my mind that they would make a move like that. So most of their attention now is gearing up towards uh, the draft at right. the end of April. Yeah. And they're looking at 6-18. and 18. They're looking at those first two rounders and the rest of the draft weekend. Uh, we discussed earlier about the possibility of making a move up. Uh, now that I ate some of the pizza, thank you, Superfly, for getting that. I completely forgot during the start of that conversation that Carolina has already made that deal uh, with the Bears. Uh, but, you know, so 6-18, if there's not a deal to move up and get your quarterback, if a quarterback is there at 6, do you believe it's QB first now with that 6 pick, if available? I don't think they're going to paint themselves into that corner. They'll look at it. Especially if it's Anthony Richardson, I think they'll look very hard at it because they've looked very hard at him this back going back to the first, the very they were at his first game at Florida. That tells you something that they knew that and and I'll go back to last summer when when I was in in your in standing in your chair right now. I had my friend Emery Hunt, uh, Mr. Football Game Plan on, and he told me. Watch out for Anthony Richardson out of Florida. That guy's going to be really good. They're going to be coveted, and people are already talking about him. And my, my man Emery was right on with that. And uh, the Lions have been on that, too. doesn't mean – I don't know if they like him or not. I won't say that they do. I won't say that they don't. But they have certainly spent a lot of time looking at it. I don't think that, I don't think they're locked into one at six. I don't think they're locked into one at 18. But if, if you're getting beyond that, then you're getting into a range. First off, Hendon Hooker will not be there at 48. He's, he's going to be gone. Uh, everything that I so think if they're going to take Hooker, they might have to reach at 18 to get him or they can take six and 18 and then package your two second rounders or a second rounder this year and a second rounder next year and go up to like 35 and get him because I think that's as far as he's going to go. There are teams and, and I know this from from doing a little research with draft where there are teams that like him better than Will Levis and Will Levis could very well be gone by the time the Lions pick at six. Like he, Hooker has that kind. I, I know he's old. I know he's coming off of an ACL. People see the talent and they like it. Uh, and, and one thing, real quick on this, because it's something that I get pushed back on Twitter a lot, and and it gets talked about it a lot. There's people that talk about the offense that he's coming from being simplistic, where everything is a predetermined read. Like, have you watched the Lions' offense? That's kind of what they do. That's like that's that's how they thrived last year was having Ben Johnson trust Jared Goff to make the proper pre-snap read. They have an offensive line that can protect them to do it. They have the diversity of weapons to make it happen. Like it's a it's a very easy plug and play. Like I, I don't necessarily see that as a negative. I'd see it as a negative if he was going to a team like Carolina, where they you know Frank Reich has his own system that's different that requires some things to go beyond that. The Lions' offense doesn't ask for more than that. So I think Hooker's a fine fit. I, I'm not worried at all about the transition on that. One thing I love is we're talking Richardson possibility, SEC guy. We talked about Will Anderson. We talked about yeah. Carter. If uh, the culture side of that uh, is a fit, uh, you know, Hooker, an SEC guy. I love it. going after these athletes. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. at 18. I don't know if he's going to be there now. He had an incredible pro day. I read, he's, I think, he's off great. your story. He's, uh, he's, he is having a very good offseason. Again, Joey Porter Jr. If you know who Joey Porter is, you're going to be excited about Joey Porter Jr. I put it out of draft wire. Here's my number one overall cornerback. Doesn't mean I think he's good. So would you have him going then? Top ten, eleven maybe? No, 12? because I think I think there's so many good corners that are clustered together with him and Christian Gonzalez and Devon Witherspoon, um, Deontay Banks out of Maryland. 
I think all four of those guys, like, they're very, very tightly packed. So I, I think you can see, like, why take one at 12 if I can get another guy that's at 28, you know, of the same caliber? And I think that's, that's the calculus that teams go through. It's one of the reasons why you're not going to see wide receivers go that early because what's the difference between Quentin Johnson at 15 or, uh, Jalen or uh, uh, Addison from UC USC at forty. Like there's six one half dozen the other. I, I think that's that's one of the things that we get from from studying the draft too much is is you see the blur like that. Like one of the reasons why Bajan Robinson is so appealing. The running back out of Texas. Yeah, he's fantastic. Like this is a good running back class. Like Jameer Gibbs, Zach Charbonnet, the Michigan transfer. Like there's a lot of really good running backs, and Bajan is like on an island of his own. You don't have that at a lot of the other positions. And, Could they uh, take him at eighteen if he's there? They got to consider it. Yeah. I, absolutely, I, I may I, be in the line. I'm not yeah. crazy about taking a running back that early. I'm, I don't even like one on day two, but that guy's that guy's different, man. <laughs> By the way, you can follow everything uh, Lions leading up to the draft. Lions Wire on Facebook and Twitter, and also Jeff now overseeing Draft Wire, part of the USA Today Network. Follow them on Facebook and Twitter and online, Jeff. Tell you what, buddy, appreciate you coming in today. My pleasure. Yeah, Thanks for having I, me in. fit everything in. I, we were going to try and get another segment, but uh, we're good, man. Uh, really strong stuff today on there. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right, Jeff Risden, Lions Wire, Draft Wire, Facebook and Twitter. Follow them. Also, Jeff on Twitter at J-E-F-F-R-I-S-D-O-N, one of our Lions insiders joining us in studio on this Moneyline Monday. Presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Always use code HUGE when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. In the 10. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings app today. Use the code HUGE for a special offer when you sign up. That's code HUGE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The Tigers have broken camp and one might assume have their team for opening day Thursday in Tampa, but that's not necessarily the case. New president of baseball operations, Scott Harris, is extremely active. He's always looking to upgrade his team and that means scanning the waiver wire constantly for any possible help. As it stands right now, manager A.J. Hinch will utilize his roster in a much different way than years past. You won't see many, quote, everyday players, end quote, and you'll see the ultimate definition of versatility from his players on defense. You'll also want to check that batting order regularly because not many will hit in the same spot on a regular basis depending on who's pitching that day. This is the Tigers 2023, and it'll keep all our scorebooks busy. Bigger than any box score. Local sports are a victory for the entire community. Building up leaders, breaking down barriers, connecting generations, teaching integrity, blazing a trail, sparking our economy. That's why Meyer sponsors hundreds of local sports teams throughout the Midwest. From Little League to the Big Leagues, uniforms to stadiums, Meyer knows when we support the home team, we all win. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. Hey Michigan, let's go big. 
I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro wide receiver, and I'm talking real big-time winning on the hottest slots and table games on one incredible app, Eagle Casino and Sports. Sign up now and get up to $1,500. That's right. We'll match your first two deposits for up to $1,500 plus 100 free spins. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Joining us here on the Meyer Guest Line, Graham Couch, opinion maker for the Lansing State Journal. Also a co-host on Couch in the Room podcast that you can find wherever you download Podcast. We'll look back at the end of Michigan State season. Also, Graham had a few rant tweets that I loved about changes that are necessary in college hoops. He's standing by. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, Bill. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, the end of Izzo season, uh, the what-if game will be tough to digest uh, for a while. You know, if K-State uh, would have won, it might have been a little bit easier but now when you look at what the Final Four brings to the table, Izzo is saying to himself, man, we could have been there against UConn in that championship game if we just would have got by K-State. Again, I'm not taking anything away from Florida Atlantic or San Diego State or Miami or anybody else. Uh, but you know, and I, I heard it in Izzo's voice when I talked to him last Friday, the what-if mantra is there. I'm not saying they're going to labor on this for months and gets into next year, but at least maybe until the tournament is over, you know Izzo and Michigan State fans are thinking what could have been. Yeah, I mean, it's not like a worse what if than, you know, Middle Tennessee State in 2016 or the Syracuse game in 18, but it, but it's a what if because it was there for them. The, the, and you could have a great team next year, and there could be two or other two or three other great teams in college basketball, and you run into somebody, and the opportunity isn't any better than it was this year. And the other thing is they were they were playing at a level that was that, that made them interesting, that gave them a shot. They, this wasn't like 2015 when they made that Final Four run uh, with Travis Trice and those guys that played above its level. This was a this was a team that was that you know had three guards at a pretty elite level that had a chance to. To, you know, I, I think UConn would have been a rough matchup for them. But if you get in a one-off of the national championship game, right, that's a pretty good place to be. You'll, you'll take your chances. Well, how do you think Michigan State will be brought up next season? Uh, arguably, he'll have his best recruiting class or one of the best he's ever had as head coach at Michigan State. But like you said, there's no guarantees. Just look at my bracket, your bracket, pretty much everybody's bracket with who's off to Houston in the Final Four. How much better uh, will Michigan State basketball be in this upcoming season? It's a good question, uh, and you know we, we got to wait and see who's coming back exactly. Um, you know, and, and is Tyson Walker coming back? I think Malik Hall will. 
And then, you know, obviously they have a freshman class that's as good as a freshman class they've had since the Cassius Winston, Miles Bridges group. And and so they, they have a chance to have sort of the, the dream mix, which is uh, a, a group of seasoned veterans who are really high-level college basketball players coupled with young freshmen who sort of raise your ceiling and provide some juice but don't have a ton of pressure on them. And if you, I mean, if you look at what wins in college basketball now, right, it's older teams. You don't want to be relying on those young guys uh, too much. Uh, but but they, they, it, it's everything has to, like, even if all those guys come back, things have to grow. Teams have to change. You can't remain stagnant. Like, they, they're going to have to work through some things. Like, Jay Nakins is going to need and want to have the ball in his hands more. Um, you know, Jeremy Fears, Jr., I can tell you right now, probably did not think that, Tyson Walker might be coming back when he signed on the dotted line. So those are things you have to figure out. And Tyson Walker, his role may be, um, you know, a little different next year. Now he's still going to be a huge part of things. And, but I'm very curious to see what they evolve into. I think they, they have a chance not to have any holes, which is most college teams do. And they have a chance to be an incredibly seasoned group with a lot of talent. So I would think they'll be ranked in the top seven, uh, you know, in that range going into the season, and, and uh, rightly so. Yeah, I think based on getting to the Sweet 16 and what happened, how they pushed K-State and that close to the Elite Eight, who knows, they could have went to Houston, which would have been amazing, but this is one of those crazy years. Just look at everybody's uh, bracket. Uh, and one thing I noted post-Michigan State game and over the weekend on your Twitter feed, Graham, uh, you revisited what is an annual rant for you about changes you'd like to see in college basketball. Six fouls, so star players aren't on the bench in big games. Uh, quarters, the women are playing four quarters. Why not the men? Give them a break. You get better basketball. And also advancing uh, the ball to center court on timeouts to create... You know, like the San Diego State end of Creighton, San Diego State, create a chance instead of a baseball Hail Mary shot, you can get a decent look at the bucket. Uh, do you think that's coming to college basketball, what we just talked about, or I mentioned those three things, anytime soon? I do think quarters for sure will. I mean, it's everywhere. It's in the high school game. It's in the pros. It's in the women's game. It's everywhere but the men's college game which is sort of weird at this point. And, and it helps with, in terms of the bonus foul situations, it just changes the structure of things a little bit. Um, but uh, the six fouls to me is, is important. And it's, it's not so much about everybody has to get to six, but it's helping keep, keep the best players on the floor through bad calls. And people go, well, you know, there's all sorts of data out there that, well, not that many people are fouling out. Well, yeah, but that's because coaches adjust the game to what's happened. If a guy picks up his second foul with eight minutes to go in the first half, they often sit him so he doesn't foul out. Whereas what I'd like to see, and, and you know, if they don't want everybody to go to six, and I know there, you know, people complain that the Big East did this years ago and it was too physical. That was, a, you know, basketball was different back then. But at the very least, have one player who's allowed to get to six. So, you know, if you get a player who's gotten, you know, if Tyson Walker picks up a second foul, with four minutes to go in the half, you don't automatically feel like you need to sit them because you don't trust the refs not to pick up a, a, a third foul, and you'll have that choice late in the game if need be. Or at halftime, I'd love to see something where, and this wouldn't take any time away from the game, you could review 
calls like that and have you wouldn't take the free throws away or points or anything like that. But if there was a bad foul call, you could have that foul taken off a player's ledger so they went into the second half with one less than they had um, going into the half. So I think there are things that are worth looking at because you cannot – like there are enough bad calls out there that they, they affect so many games. And it's not about the call that fouls somebody out. It's about the first foul and how that changes the game because then you pick up your second and now you're in trouble. Or the third foul. And, and those are the things that are just – and people go, well, the NBA has the same amount of fouls per minute. I, I, I understand that. But five doesn't fit equally in anything. And you have two halves and you have five fouls. That's part of the problem. The officiating is, isn't as good. The game is more condensed. Um, you know, if we're just going to do it based on minutes, well, let's make it four fouls in high school and foul everybody out. You know, like, I, it's it's not, to me, it's, it's, it's a, it improves the game because the best players would be on the court more often. You know what? Follow soccer. You can have as many fouls as you want to, and unless you get a, you know two yellow cards or a red card, you stay in the game. I, I love it. Uh, Graham Couch, Couch in the Room podcast, opinion maker, Lansing State Journal, Twitter feed. Uh, you know, I feel his rant sometimes. Uh, which, by the way, later uh, in this broadcast and next time, Mark Ewell's in studio, we're going to get to the shot clock, uh, girls and boys for high school basketball. Uh, that's Long overdue, so I, I don't have time to uh, delve into that, but uh, we will later. Graham, thanks for your time, my man, okay? Anytime, Bill. All right, Graham Kelts checking in on the Meyer guest sign, and Meyer proud to be longtime partners with Michigan State University Athletics. Let's check in with Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com. The Michigan Insider is standing by on the Meyer guest sign. We'll get to Michigan spring football in a moment. Also, the future for Michigan basketball, but Michigan hockey. Wow, back to the Final Four wins on the road. Big wins this year to win the Big Ten title in front of Minnesota fans and to advance to the Frozen Four in front of Penn State fans last night. Unbelievable uh, job by the Michigan coaching staff. Yeah, and how about uh, getting this guy a contract, Ward Manuel? You know, interim coach, here he is recruiting his butt off. He's got his team in the Frozen Four Big Ten tournament champions, and Brandon Narado, uh, there's no question that he's the guy to lead this team, so I'm not quite sure what they're waiting for. But I will say this, his stock has risen. NHL teams are showing interest, so good for him. I hope he uh, hope he gets the contract he deserves. But getting good goaltending, Eric Portillo did a nice job uh, last night against Penn State. And, you know, it was one of those games where you kind of felt like you have, if you're a Michigan hockey fan over the last three decades, where you're kind of snake bit. You're carrying the play, but hitting posts, and you can't get that that equalizer and finally did late in the third period, Adam Fantilli, who's uh, just an absolute stud and then to win it in overtime like they did. So should be an epic frozen four. Got great teams there. We're going to be heading down to Tampa. So we'll give you some reports there, but I think this is the year, Bill. I think they got a good shot here to, to uh, get rid of some of those demons that have plagued them. I think it becomes personal with Ward Manuel on how he slow played hardball. He's so slow playing the interim coach. He, he offered up Mel Pearson, a contract in the middle of an investigation and you have what he, you know, what's been documented uh, with Harbaugh to the point that new president Santa Ono had to jump in. And I, I do wonder, and we talked to Clayton Safey earlier about this. I'm going to watch Santa Ono's Twitter feed again because if he has to jump in to help get the hockey coach a deal, then you know Ward Manuel's done, just done. 
Yeah, I, I don't know about Dunn just because of the success that he's had in the athletic department. Um, I mean, look at all the championships they've won, but there are things that they have to move more quickly on. There's no question about it. NIL, name, image, and likeness is another one. And, you know, it's nice to be on top, but the, the vision isn't for what's going to happen tomorrow. It's going to be what's going to be, you know, it's what have you done for me lately, but what's going to happen in the future? And they are not setting themselves up for future success with the way they're running their NIL stuff. And there's actually opposition to it in the athletic department. So, they got to figure some stuff out there. There's no question about it. And uh, I don't know that Santa Ono would really, you know, it, it would view it as his place, honestly, having just gotten here to uh, to, to get rid of an athletic director who is uh, has been so successful. Uh, fair or not, you know what, uh, how much he has to do with it or whatever, uh, this, this athletic department is humming. So I think that would be tough. But there are things that need to change, period, end of story. And uh, you know what? When you've got coaches like John Beeline leading with a bad taste in his mouth, in my opinion, Eric Backett's the same way from a, from what we've heard. Uh, you know the issues with with Jim Harbaugh. You know you get Brandon Narado has basically been out there saying, you know what? It would be really good for us to have a contract so I can recruit. And here we are, man. So uh, they got to move things a lot more quickly, and that really starts with the AD. Yeah, you know the thing is, it's that I, I get the success and the money they're raking in and everything, but. There are just some common sense decisions that have involved yeah. Harbaugh after beating Ohio State twice, two Big Ten championship game wins, two trips to the Final Four. Or you look at this hockey coach and what he's done. And, you know, they're a one seed in the NCAA D1 hockey tournament. They've been number one, I think, in the country at times this year in the polls and just how exciting they are and how you wouldn't take care of him, and maybe he looks at it like, hey, we're getting a good deal on him this year. We'll just redo his deal when the season's over. I, I'm not inside the office or mind of Ward Manuels, so the way he's handled Harbaugh in this hockey yep. situation, it makes no sense. And Beeline and Backage, and I don't, you know, what people can push back on that, but I don't think there's any question about it. You know what, if you're on top and you can say, well, this program's not a moneymaker for us, so but we're going to go on the cheap and let go of one of the best baseball coaches in the country. It doesn't make any sense to me at an institution that cites itself as being leaders and best, right? I remember when John Beeline first got here and he saw the facilities and, you know, he was really working with Bill Martin to improve them and saying, hey, man, we're leaders and best in everything else, right? Aren't we supposed to be leaders and best in, in everything we do, including basketball? And you saw he uh, parlayed that into new facilities and, and the PDC, the Player Development Center and everything else. So... Uh, I don't understand the mentality here. Uh, you can always go out and you know we and and find more money. There, Michigan has such a, a huge booster base that to to pull from. And um, to me, it's a no brainer. And I understand about budgets and everything else, but you know what? Work on it. Get in there and work on it and make it happen because. This is Michigan, for God's sake, as Brady Hoke once said. Probably the best thing he ever said as Michigan head coach. Yeah, uh, that's on one end of the spectrum. And the other is, hey, I think we're going to turn this Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year, uh, Denard, into a seldom-used running back. That's on the other side. (laughs) Exactly. So, hey, I'm just citing his his quote, which I think, you know, people still use. And he was right about it. You know what? Um, You're supposed to be the best. And uh, so act like it, man. I don't care what sport it is. If you've got something humming, you know what? Keep it humming and, and be the best and, and continue to try to be the best, period. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com, the Michigan Insider, checking in on the Meyer guest line here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Uh, from your intel, your insiders, from the limited access yep. you guys have had to players, video released by Michigan Football Media Relations, 
Uh, what would you say are the storylines so far in Michigan spring football, which concludes with the spring scrimmage, we'll call it, coming up on Saturday? Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of guys banged up, Bill, and uh, minor injuries. Nothing that's going to really take be taken into the fall. But guys like Will Johnson, Junior Colson, uh, some of the heavy hitters, Darius Clemens at wide receiver has missed some time, and that's going to hinder him from getting on the field or at least showing his abilities uh, in an attempt to get on the field. So a lot of that. Um, but really, uh, from from one of our guys at practice, he said this thing is humming. He said this reminds me. This guy played in the '80s, and he said this reminds me of when we played and how efficient it is. Uh, the practices and it's a championship vibe, Bill. And I've said that you know, and you and I have talked about this in the past that you have to win a championship to know what it's like to be a champion. And, and when you've got classes that are handing that on to the guys behind them, then you are going to have that opportunity to win championships and keep it going. But when you don't know how to win, you can't do that. So they finally got over that hump, and now you're seeing a program that expects to win titles again. And they've got talent all over the field. The two deep is really impressive. Ernest Hausman at linebacker, uh, line, uh, transfer from Nebraska, has been outstanding. So uh, they feel like they are strong at every position. They feel like the defense is going to be even better. And J.J. McCarthy, they're going to put a little bit more on his plate. Um, we haven't even seen the, the running backs this year, but true freshman Benjamin Hall is looking the part. So, And they're finally starting to recruit, Bill. Uh, they're getting the recruits in there who are you know, seeing it up close at these practices, and they want to be part of it, even with the, the NIL that's lacking. So this program's humming, and I think you're going to see uh, in about four or five days they're going to add a, a huge recruit. Uh, to the mix for 2024 you're going to see this 24 class be a lot better than the 23 class and uh you know keep this thing going you talking about the quarterback from fort mill south carolina it might be yeah it might be oh uh, now you're you're mr secret surprise <laughs> well here's the thing you know what you, you let the kids have their moment he just um he just released the top five but let's just say michigan's got a uh, a strong lead in this recruitment Jaden davis so we expect good news there and more i think you're going to see two or three more guys join the mix here really highly recruited guys and uh, the fact that they're starting to pull them from ohio and beat ohio state for the ohio elite ohio kids again that's something they haven't done in a long long time and that just goes to show you how the worm has turned a bit in this rivalry Chris Ballas, The Worm Has Turned. That will be the title of his autobiography that he'll write with Doug Skeen one day. Uh, Skeen and Ballas, by the way, with the Michigan Football Podcast. You can uh, hear past episodes, new episodes at thewolverine.com. We'll be doing our Tullymore Golf Spring Football Summit, where we'll look back at Michigan Spring Football, look ahead to the season, the Big Ten, Michigan State, and the Lions. That will be coming up in early May at the Tullymore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, Michigan. Chris, uh, we'll talk next week and look back at the spring game. Sounds great, Bill. Thanks for having me. All right, Chris Ballas, checking in on the Meyer guest side. And Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with University of Michigan Athletics. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. At Mercantile Bank, we believe supporting the communities we serve is a vital part of who we are. Our team is here to make a positive impact, a real difference, and we're always looking for leaders to join our team because we're not just a bank. We're a partner here to support what matters most. Come grow with us. Visit MercBank.com to learn more and let's support our community together. Mercantile Bank, member FDIC, equal opportunity employer. Huge here for my good friend Tom Rosenbach and his team from Bean Carter. 
Now, they've made that move to partner with Dorn Mayhew, an Eastside firm, and now they're stronger than ever before. Big businesses, small businesses, taxes, any business need you have, you can turn to Tom Rosenbach and his team. Just go to beangarter.com. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. Tom and his team also put up the $1,000 in cash in our Bracket Buster Challenge contest at thehugeshow.net. So if you entered the contest, uh, you can follow your picks all the way through the championship game uh, each and every day at thehugeshow.net. Just log in. You'll see it. It's simple and easy. And follow your picks if you took a shot at winning that $1,000 in the Bean Carter Bracket Buster Challenge. Follow your picks through the championship game at thehugeshow.net. That's thehugeshow.net. Imagine this. Winning big at Soaring Eagle. Get nothing but net and win up to $15,000 cash. It's the $100,000 Hoop to Win. Every Saturday in March, 6 to 11 p.m. Shoot to win each week. Then on March 25th, players compete for up to $15,000. The $100,000 Hoop to Win giveaway. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. A Moneyline Monday is set to wrap up, presented by our friends on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Make sure you use promo code HUGE when you sign up to get in on all of the Final Four action, NBA, NHL, golf, soccer, and more. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use that promo code HUGE. Also this week for lunch, if you're not doing anything, 11 a.m. until 3 p.m., you can stop by any of the brands, Steakhouse and Grills, and enjoy a $6.99 Steakhouse Burger Basket with a huge burger and fries for $6.99 for lunch. And also $6.99 Steakhouse Burger Basket for the final four games on Saturday and the championship game in Houston in the tournament one week from today. Six ninety nine steakhouse burger and fries. Eleven a.m. till three p.m. at all brands steakhouse and grills. For the one close to you, go to brands.com. You'll find a brands in Bay City, Mike Brand Jr., Liz Brand Stegaheis, and Sean Stegaheis. Take care of people at the brands in Bay City. Mike Brand Jr. and Liz Brand Stegaheis also have the brands in Caledonia, just south of Grand Rapids. Johnny Brand and the crew. Have the brands in Holland off of James and US 31 for our listeners on WHTC. You'll find Johnny Brands in Granville, west of GR. Johnny Brands on Leonard in downtown Grand Rapids. You can also watch the Michigan hockey team a week from Thursday in the Frozen Four. You got Tigers opening day happening on Thursday down in Tampa, so you can enjoy. 11 a.m. until 3 p.m. The game will start a little after 3. The 
$6.99 Steakhouse Burger Basket at all brands, Steakhouse and Grills. And Mike Brand Sr. has the brands in Cascade, just east of GR, off of 28th Street. So lunch, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. until 3 p.m., the $6.99 Steakhouse Burger Basket, Burger and Fries. Final four games Saturday at all brands locations outside of Tommy Brands. The special does not apply to Tommy Brands on South Division in Wyoming. And then for the championship game a week from today. Now, if you can't make it out to watch your favorite teams play at your local brands, you can order up all the favorites for pickup or delivery. Just go to brands.com. That is brands.com. And I remind everybody that Johnny Brand Sr., Sandy Brand, and the entire Brand family support military and law enforcement. And Johnny Brand Sr. has created a Voice for the Badge mission. You can follow them on Facebook and Twitter. It's a small way of saying that you support law enforcement in Michigan. Just follow Voice for the Badge on Facebook and on Twitter. And Johnny Brand Sr., Sandy Brand, and the entire Brand family making a public commitment to the men and women who serve and protect us on a daily basis. So I encourage all of you to do what I've done. Please follow Voice for the Badge on Facebook and on Twitter. And thank you, Johnny Brand Sr., for your commitment to law enforcement in Michigan. Last Friday, I had a chance to do a statewide broadcast from the Lowell Showboat for the Dope Dean fundraiser. It was a special night in downtown Lowell as all of Lowell came together for a former Red Arrow head football coach Noel Dean's son, Doak, who is battling cancer down in South Georgia. And Brian Krajewski has been a longtime family friend of the Dean's. Uh, he was there at the event. It was fantastic with the band, with the live auction, the silent auctions, the drop box auctions. They had great food, beverages, and so many people uh, were there. Noel spoke to the crowd and got emotional at the end, and Noel isn't the type of guy to get too emotional. And Brian Krajewski, like I said, has been a longtime friend of Noel Dean, Dean family. He's standing by to let us know how last Friday went. What's going on, my man? Hey, how are you, Bill? Uh, thank you once again for for coming out to uh, to the showboat. Uh, the you know having you live there, you know, definitely helped us bring additional West Michigan viewers uh, and people to the uh, uh, to the fundraiser. You know, I, Bill, I, it it wasn't just Lowell that showed up. It was it was West Michigan. There were, there were even some people from the other side of the state that that knew Noel and his family from from years ago. Yeah, I could tell Noel was, uh, for a man who doesn't show a lot of emotion, you know, in-game, off the field, on the field, uh, in private, uh, he was touched by the outpouring of support. So uh, when the evening ended, uh, what, what type of numbers were raised from everybody who showed up at the Lowell Showboat to support that Dope Dean fundraiser as he battles cancer? You know, uh, Bill, you know, we had probably, you know, we we're estimating probably five to 600 people that, that circulated, you know, through the event in that, in that five hour period. Um, we're still gathering the, the financial numbers you know, we had a lot of different, uh, as you mentioned, opportunities for people to, uh, to contribute. So we're still pulling those numbers together. You know, the live auction, uh, you know, we had 13, uh, combination auction items, uh, that went for over $20,000. Um, yeah, so we're anticipating that, you know, we're going to be able to make a, a, a pretty sizable donation, both to the Lowell Community Wellness and to, and to support Doak 
uh, you know, in, in his journey. So we're still pulling the numbers together. I'd love to give you another update uh, a little bit later in this week, uh, uh, just as we pull more of that information together. Brian Krajewski is a longtime family friend and a resident friend of Noel Dean and the Dean family and a resident of Lowell talking about the Doug Dean fundraiser from last Friday night, the Lowell showboat in downtown uh, Lowell. I mentioned to start and just reminded everybody, you've been a longtime family friend of the Deans and uh, from your first conversation about Doug having cancer to where we are today, uh, what's that journey been like for you uh, through the eyes and the words of Doak and Noel and that Dean family? Yeah, it's, uh, boy, you just send a, a shiver up my spine. Uh, you know, Noel and Jill uh, called uh, my wife and I the the Sunday after Thanksgiving and, and kind of, you know, put a put a dagger in our hearts, you know, that, that Doak was going to, you know, was going to start this journey and not really knowing where, where it was going to, where it was going to, and um, and you know going through the prognosis as as Noel talked you know so eloquently about on Friday you know the the journey that has gone that Doke has gone through and the family but Doke is just he, he's a trooper I mean he's a fighter he's a wrestler he's a football player and he's just a good good young man and he's he looks at it everything on the positive side of life so you know it's you know he's he's going through that journey and he's, and he's doing it with, you know, his head held up high and, and attacking it just like he would anything else that he's tackled in life and really making some great progress, you know, especially over the, you know, the course of the last, you know, seven to eight weeks of chemo treatments. I know that first week um, that he went through that first treatment bout of every day having chemo, you know, he made it through that week feeling okay. And then, as many people know on that, that go through that journey, that, that week after, or, or the fir- after those first couple of doses, when it does hit you, it hits you pretty hard. And, you know, he, you know, he came through that well and said, I'm, I'm going to attack it. And then, you know, as, as Noel mentioned, you know, things are looking positive as can- cancer markers are moving uh, in the positive direction. So I think that continues to, you know, provide additional energy for, for Doak and the rest of the community and, and the family that's really, you know, behind him, pushing him, holding him up, uh, and, and and really, you know, being a part of it with him. Brian Krajewski, longtime family friend of Noel Dean, uh, Doak Dean, Jill Dean, the rest of the Dean family joining us. I had a chance to meet him and his wife this past Friday at the Doak Dean fundraiser at the Lowell Showboat. Uh, it's amazing that the Pink Arrow Project and uh, the pay it forward comes right back at Noel Dean and his family after everything Noel Dean and his family did for a lot of families in Lowell and the surrounding communities in West Michigan. So good to hear Doak is doing better. Nothing but love and prayers uh, to the Dean family, everybody in Lowell. Brian, thank you so much. Keep me posted, okay? I appreciate it, Bill. Thank you, and thanks for everything. Yeah, you don't need to thank me, man. It was It was an honor to be there. Pay it forward, man. When you can give back, uh, it's the best thing about doing this show where where I can be there to help somebody, man. Yeah, I, I wish I had the finances to write a check to anybody and everybody who needed it. But I, I do have a show. I do have Marty Boer from the Michigan Sports Network and Superfly Hayes and all of us 
have big hearts. And to be there and see, like they said, 500 people or so. Noel flew up from Georgia. We talked to him last week. If you missed that interview, just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts. You can listen to it. And Brian Kryeski, just people show up, man. You know who your friends are and who loves you when it hits the fan. I always say that. So thank you to everybody in Lowell. And God bless Doug Dean and his battle against cancer. Big. Bad. Huge.